This episode is sponsored by Marquette Associates. Marquette is an independent investment consulting firm that was founded in 1986 and has served the same mission ever since, to be a trusted partner to their clients and provide meaningful and thoughtful investment guidance. They've worked with dozens of public organizations in Illinois, and as of December 31st, 2020, that includes 20 firefighter funds across the state, as well as a new consolidated firefighters pension investment fund. Marquette is headquartered in Chicago, and we're grateful for their support of the podcast. You can learn more about Marquette on their website at marquetteassociates.com. This is not an endorsement of Marquette's services. Jerry Marzullo from the World's Greatest Associated Firefighters of Illinois podcast, where all things Associated Firefighters of Illinois are discussed. And I'm here along with my longtime co-host, suffering, amazing co-host, Luke slash Timothy, which now everybody in the state calls him Luke slash Timothy because of what you did. So when I say what you did, that the person who's the you is Chuck Sullivan, who is here with us as well. And we are at the, uh, we will say hello, fellas. Hello. Hello. Hey, Jerry, what's up? <laughs> we are here at, um, I don't know what this is, Bank of Springfield, Bank Bank of of Springfield, Springfield Center, Center, which is really nice in sunny Springfield, Illinois. And we are here for the 2021 Associated Firefighters of Illinois Legislative Conference and super excited about it. And uh, why don't you give us a little preview of what's, uh, what we're going to see the next couple days. So we have uh, 300 members here in Springfield. Uh, learning about all our legislative issues this year. Um, our ledge teams put together a great conference for these guys. Uh, there's some education in it, and throughout the week we're going to have different legislators come over from the Capitol, address our membership. The Speaker of the House, the new Speaker of the House? Yeah, is Speaker one of, those of the members? House will be okay. here. Yep. Uh, different leadership roles, uh, Minority Leader Durkin. Um, we Senate have, President Harmon. Senate President Harmon from yeah. Oak Park area, yes. Yep. We have Jerry Marzullo speaking. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just... I hope that I don't get kidnapped by space aliens the night before. I would assume that. that Jerry would be the most dynamic speaker that we have. I, it really is. It's in yeah. concert. I think you guys are selling tickets for that event. Isn't that correct? There's like a special 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. with autograph signing afterwards matinee. or something like that. It's the matinee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but our members, I think, are going to have a great week. Uh, Fire Niner Media is going to be here. The Chicago's Bravest Stories. Absolutely. Uh, interviewing people all week. Yep, you should check out those podcasts wherever they are found because Chicago's Bravest is a great podcast. It's awesome. Yeah, so those guys are going to kind of take over the role for us and and uh, interview our members that are here. The so they're just going to pull people in and just say, sit down here and tell us a story. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a great... Um, it's like a historical moment. ...mashup of different people they're going to talk to it's all fantastic. week. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, really. Yeah. Chuck, and, what and are we because, because the legislative conference is so fluid and it revolves around the Capitol... Uh, a number of legislators are speakers, but sometimes they're trapped at the Capitol in a committee. Yes. Or we you know we have some staff members that are speaking, and they're sometimes it's government. So I, I see you constantly texting. Literally, he's not like texting sports bets, fellas. It's it's it's. Although like, I do I do bet. do that as well. I mean, that's in the important times. In the unimportant times, you are trying to get staffers to get their elected officials over here, and you know we're trying to work around their schedules, etc. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I think most of our members understand that it's going to be, we have to be flexible. And, yes. And yeah. You guys are. Be, we're, 
happy that we have people in our guys are we get very, to see them in flexible. person again yeah. yes yeah that's true because um we're at the bank of springfield center here this is where the legislators met for yeah the, the house the yeah, session, session yeah. Like right yeah. 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 yeah now they're back i mean they're back in the they chambers are. now correct yes yes yeah. that had to be so much fun for them oh right <laughs> <Just> <laughs> brutal a titillating experience. It was just sure. the House chamber met over here. Oh, right. Okay, so Senate was Senate back. Was, they were still They in were their still chamber. House met here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Ten yeah. at a time on the floor. Very confusing. Sure. 35 in their offices, and they would take turns voting. Coming just kind of wandering floor. around. Yeah. Okay. COVID. So we are going to put a stop to this initially because Luke and Chuck are out running around, and I'm out dispensing free legal advice to everybody who um, uh, is asking. And I think we'll pick this back up towards the end of uh, maybe the second day or something like that. We'll go from there. Is that right? Yeah, sure. sounds good. Okay. See you guys later. See you. Welcome, everybody, to the AFFI podcast, Associated Firefighters of Illinois. We are coming to you pre-recorded at the Bank of Springfield Center here in Springfield, Illinois. Sunny Springfield. Sunny, very rainy Springfield, Illinois. At the AFFI Legislative Conference, my name is Steve Hurling. I'm a representative of IAFF Local 2, Chicago Firefighters Union, and co-host of Chicago's Bravest Stories podcast. I'm here with my guy, Corey Lieber. How's it going, Corey? Hi, I'm good, Steve. How about you, pal? <laughs> so how you like Springfield so far, Corey? Um, it's rainy as shit, so that kind of sucks. But <laughs> besides that, the guys are awesome. We've been drinking um, a lot. And um, my voice is coming along pretty well, so that's... Uh, I think everybody can hear that. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, Luke Howison's running around uh, uh, the center here. Uh, he's like a chicken with his head cut off right now, trying to figure out what's going on. But uh, we'll get him in here shortly. Uh, Jerry Marzullo will be here this afternoon uh, discussing all the festivities, and hopefully we can get some more guests. But at this time, I have, sitting in front of me... The esteemed. The esteemed vice president of IAFF Local 506, Berwyn oh. Firefighters Union, Jim Mahalik. Jim Mahalik, how are you doing today? Doing good, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your time as vice president of your local. Um, well, Berwyn, we're the little local in uh, just east of you guys. West of you guys, we crap that all out. <laughs> <laughs> Little town just west of you guys. The Berwyn uh, guys are not good with directions. We apparently. are terrible, especially <laughs> after a night of drinking. Um, yeah, we were we were out. We, I mean, we did did some. I mean, I, not me, not so much. But like, we were just talking about this morning. We we're like, there was no music for whatever reason. We're screaming at each other in this bar. We're two feet away from each oh other. Oh my god, it was so loud. It was fucking ridiculous. Um, so, I mean, what do you guys got going on over by you guys right now, Jim? Nothing. We, uh, we're in a good spot right now. We just got our mayor elected for uh, four more years. Um, we're an 80-member local. We took over the ambulances, similar to the way uh, Cicero's doing it right now. Back first. In, uh, we, well, we weren't <laughs> the first, but we did take it over. Uh, those guys got 10 years on now, so we took it over 11 years ago. Yeah. So, uh, those guys got 10 years now. They're taking lieutenant's exam coming up, and everything's going pretty smooth by us now. It's we got a fantastic mayor, probably the best labor-friendly mayor in the uh, state, Bobby Libero, and uh, we're doing well over there. Yeah, how do you argue that? I mean, fuck. So now, uh, tell us a little bit. You guys, every member of the Berwyn Fire Department, from the chief on down, pays union dues. Is that correct? That's 100% correct, and 100% fire pay from the chief down. I, I don't think there's many, if at all, and 
that ha- pay 100% into the fire pack. Are you guys the only ones, or are there anybody else that does too? I know there's other locals. Joliet's really big with the fire pack. Um, there's some other ones, but I know uh, being 100% and our contribution level, most of our, all our e-board guys are at the top level. All of our chiefs are at the top level. Um, so our, member, our dollars per member is actually one of the highest. We always get the awards at the international. We're one of the highest. So, so Jimmy, uh, let's say you got a guy and he's not from Berwyn and he says, ah, fire pack. Why do I got to pay into the fire pack? Don't I pay union dues already? Where does that money go? What would you say to that guy? Well, we sit him down and I mean, it is Berwyn, so he get some peer pressure on things. We all explain right. it how nice our okay, benefits let's, are. Let, let's say you're talking to a guy who's <laughs> right. not a Berwick right. guy, okay? Right. Kid gloves here. Um, well, you just show them what the, what the uh, politicians do. Our job, unfortunately, politicians are involved in firefighting. So as firefighters, we need to be involved in politics. And when they, everything from manning to salary to benefits, everything's affected by politicians. So we got to, uh, we got to have just as so much of a seat in the table. There you go. You heard it. You heard it from the man, Vice President of Local 506, Jimmy Mahalik. We appreciate you coming by the podcast. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, enjoy the legislative conference and the festivities. Thank you, guys. Jim, we got to get you on our show, too, for these days. All right. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. All right. So I'm sitting here uh, with uh, the Frontline team. Uh, mortgage bankers, right? Uh, from Federal Savings Bank. Uh, I got to my left, Josh Hill. Josh, you want to introduce the rest of your team? Yeah, we got uh, Joey Matthews, who's our boss here, the senior VP. Also have Vice President uh, and Mortgage Banker Matt Gennetti. All members of Local 717. That's awesome. So uh, tell us about uh, you know what you guys do and uh, how you got involved with AFFI. Yeah, so I mean, uh obviously mortgage bankers, so we write mortgages, right? There's, there's <laughs> no special sauce to that, but uh, we got involved with the AFFI because, I mean, we're all members with uh, Cicero Local 717. I got into banking uh, originally back in 2005. I got out when it crashed, came back in in 2015, and that was the first year that I came and they uh, sponsored the Ledge Conference. Um, and since then, uh, I've been able to grow this, this frontline team, which is just all of us, we have a tie to the veteran community, the firefighter community. I myself, I'm a veteran, I'm a firefighter, and I'm the son of a, uh, I'm a Gold Star family member. My, my dad was killed in line of duty. Um, everyone on the team has a background similar to that, whether it's firefighting cop, we have one cop, uh, <laughs> married nurses, like everyone's involved. So it's, it's a community that we care about, and like, it, and that's also our biggest sphere of influence. Like, and Josh has said it so many times, we write mortgages for so many guys we work with. Like, there's a, a level of trust that's involved, and and if I'm screwing someone over that I work with every third day for 24 hours a day for 30 years, that's gonna be a problem at some point, right? So yeah, we just we, we just we gotta take care of our own. I mean, it's it's what we live by on duty, is what we live by at the at the bank. So and uh, you guys are sponsoring a, a little party later uh, going on later today. Uh, yeah, we actually set up with the local 37. Uh, Spring, can, Springfield Firefighters. Yep, Springfield Firefighters. Uh, we're going to be going to the Springfield Firefighters Lake Club. Uh, we put together some shuttle buses that will be stocked with some nice beverages for after this long event. Uh, and it's a continuous little looping shuttle. So if people want to pop by for an hour, they can. Or if they want to stay all, all four and a half, that's also fine by us. That's, pre- that's pretty awesome. Uh, what are you guys excited about? Other than uh, the frontline team stuff, what else are you excited about with the legislative conference? 
Well, we're making a lot of connections, seeing a lot of people we haven't seen in a while. Um, that's great. You know, seeing everybody out again is, is awesome. Um, it's great to have an event to go to, you know, tonight. Um, haven't been out in a while, yeah, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Right? Um, kind of happy how uh, we just finished our presentation. I don't know if you caught that, but, uh, you know, that I'm kind of glad that that was done. But I'm kind of glad that it's over as well. Um, like for the record, like, Josh skipped lunch. No, you know what? I did. I, I went back on that one, and I did eat lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I, had, I, I went back on that one. Okay, I yeah. thought the nerves were getting to you. So. <laughs> no, it's bit. always great to have a, a little full bit. belly before you go present. You know, yeah. give a presentation yeah. there. Yeah, you know, it's great when you got a presentation to give to like three hundred firefighters that you know, guys from your own local are right there staring at you, <laughs> laser beams right into your chest. You know, um, giving you the uh, support that you need. You know, but uh, no, it went well. I mean, it's it's great to support these guys. You know. Um, obviously a big part of our client base so it's awesome to give back you know the ffi does a, does a ton for firefighters it's, oh, just, it's an amazing organization um you know we have it really good here in illinois and, and that's the reason why the stuff these guys are doing down here over at the capitol building you know so yeah i mean we're honored to support it honestly now how how long uh do you guys have on the job oh uh, i've got 14 in cicero i'm uh coming up on nine uh, i have six uh, my anniversary was actually Six days ago. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, six cool. complete, as six they say. Six complete at Cicero, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, going on seven. Steak in. That's cool, though. Whatever. Congrats, no, buddy. No steak for anybody. Or... <laughs> I, did, I didn't realize until Kalaga, Lieutenant Kalaga said something. Yeah, it's, the, it's a, the six-year anniversary yeah, That's steak. a big it's one. It's a big yeah. one. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Six steaks. That's like Gold star with S. That's so, like yeah. your 38th birthday. Who gives a shit, right? Like, yeah. You're 38. Wow. I dropped the ball with this one now. No, but yeah, it's awesome to see, like, you know, guys like you, Steve, and, you know, Corey, the, behind that deep baritone voice to finally meet Corey. Yeah, I don't you know, know where, I, he, he might have ran off with one of these Central Illinois guys or something. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but uh, he had a camera with him, and uh, so that, that might turn out to be fun. I hope he got our presentation on film, because it was there is a camera ro- There is a camera rolling in there, so. That's stellar, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we have no way to forward it to you. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, very good. Well, you know, I was a recent customer of the Frontline team, and I'll tell you what, you guys were very easy to work with uh, as far as everything uh, went. I, I mean, I got an app. I downloaded <laughs> everything to the app. I know Josh, so I called him if I had a question, and next thing you know, boom, I was done. That yeah. was it. I didn't even leave my house for anything. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like like you said, I mean, you realize, you know, people think back to their mortgage experiences and it doesn't have to be that way. Oh, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, I was right. like I was like this is such a pain. And and, and there's a lot at stake too. I mean, you know, it's it's a huge savings, you know, it's a big win for you and your family. It was Yeah. It was awesome to work with you, but like I said, it's it's I mean, not the last all... couple times I did this like, you know, uh, when I bought a house and bought a house and then did, but uh, it was like, okay, I need this now. Okay, I need this now. Okay, and I'm like, how many times do you need my W? My, right, my wages yeah. don't change. Like, yeah, like I said, how I'm, many I'm gonna, times do you need my pay stuff? I'm gonna try to get everything from you in week one. I said, Steve, and we'll yeah. pile it up, and then uh, we'll cruise right through. Well, and that, that's how we do yeah, it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was yeah. totally cool. So, uh, yeah, uh, where are people gonna be able to find you? Hey, uh, Facebook.com/slash the Frontline Team. Uh, Instagram, we're the Frontline Team with a stupid underscore at the end. Uh, I don't even know our number. Well, once this, once our uh, video, that our video production goes viral, they're going to yeah. be able to see us yeah, everywhere, everyone. Steve. Absolutely. I mean, well, that's going to be I billboards. Am, listen, I, mean, I am sitting in front of three of buses. handsome men. <laughs> very handsome men here. So. Yes. Two handsome men. Here. Three faces for radio, Steve. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect for this. Uh, hey, when did you guys get down here today? 
Yeah, this yeah, morning. This morning? Yeah. Uh, okay, so you, uh, have you been down to Springfield before? Oh, uh, years ago. Yeah? Yeah, I, it was here years ago. Okay. I've uh, been here most years since 2015, minus last year, because, okay. you know, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite restaurant in Springfield? I usually go to the bar and drink, so I have nothing. All right, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> oh, there's... there's the All right, oh, oh, okay. So no, here's uh, our support system. Some one-finger salutes from Local 717 walking by. Medal of Honor to Medal of Honor right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a connection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, do you clink them together? It like, took Brian clink. 30 years. Yeah. They activate. They transform <laughs> together. and they. The they Messiah fight. has yep. risen. Yep. <laughs> um, no, like I, I don't know today. anything about the local uh, establishment, to be honest. You're going to you're gonna have to learn. I was hoping you'd tell me. There's, I know there's no coffee shop nearby. Well, yeah, we found that out real quick. <laughs> and... Uh, I won't name it, but the restaurant we went to last night was not very good. Don't put them on blast. I'm not gonna, yeah. but I'm gonna say, hey, look, that no, I, we got. You know, it is a great restaurant when you're back home. Black Barrel Tavern, you ever been there? <laughs> I have not. Stellar. Oh, loop. Yeah, it's like right at Madison and Aberdeen. That's awesome amazing place. I feel like place. I'm getting set up. No, you're not. They're setting me up. For oh, okay, it. let's Mets. hear it. Let's hear it. Um, one of the partners over at uh, Black Barrel Tavern in West Loop. Okay. So they want me to. You guys got cold beer. Got cold beer. Good food. Award-winning. Award-winning cheeseburger. That's the frontline team's home base right there. I don't skip on cheeseburgers if you can't tell. So Steve, we're going to take you there, pal. All right, cool. <laughs> there we're you go. Let's, you hold, there. let's hold the podcast base. there one day. It's our home base. <laughs> well, I won't take up much of your guys' time. I know uh, you got some connections that you want to make and everything like that. So uh, I appreciate you guys sitting down with me, and uh, we'll have a couple drinks later tonight. Sounds good, buddy. Sounds All right, take care. Steve. All right. Hey, how's everyone going? Um, we're, uh, we're, we're back with the AFFI podcast. This is uh, Corey, and we're sitting down with Franklin Park, local 1526. And we got, we got all the guys here. Uh, do you guys mind introducing yourselves real quick? I'm Steve Rooks. Steve, what, what's your position? I'm the president of local 1526. The esteemed yes. local 1526. <laughs> and then what about you boys? Yeah. Uh, my name's Ralph. Uh, I'm just a union steward. Okay, awesome. So. And our newest member over here. Yeah. Oh. Scott Lacanti, just a firefighter paramedic. Hey, congrats, Scott. Do you guys, uh, are you off probation? Or? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Awesome. And we got Danny Torres over here, too. Yeah, with uh, another, hey, another sick mustache. Yes. Um, so, um, he was growing so, it just for this event. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we were, Steve said that he wanted him to like, sit down, but he was like, he wasn't sure what he was going to do with the microphone, like with this thing, so it got like real weird. What, um, what, do you guys, uh, what do you guys got going on over by you guys? What are you guys doing today? Today we're just Hanging checking out, out the convention. conference and yeah. seeing what they're gonna present here today. Yeah, you guys got? Uh, have you guys met up with any local guys around from our neighborhood or no? no I, I think I saw Old Park was here. Well, we saw your Steve over here, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Steve's we saw him here. last night. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah, because I I punked out. I left early. Right. Well, um, we got in late. Yeah. Yeah. So like you guys rolled in and like, uh, do you guys have anything special you're looking forward to on this? for the conference or no, we just always come to see what uh, what's going on in the state as far as uh, concerns with the fire service and yeah. what we could talk to our representatives about that's it I don't even know what's on the agenda yeah well I, I look briefly and then I completely disregard it right away did um are you guys so I mean you guys obviously have very strong local elites in our division I would say probably one of the strongest if not the strongest in our division um is there anything that um that you guys have been dealing with in in our local neighborhood that like you guys would like to see more out of out of our area or yeah I don't know we you know 
we are pretty, I think we, we like to go, our local likes to show up to all the conferences. Yeah, you guys are super active. And we don't, we don't really don't see a lot from our area, honestly. Yeah. We got a new, we got a new local, we got Show Park that just joined, and they're going through a concert. So I can't hear you. Can't hear me? Can you oh, hear Scott just doesn't want to talk. Yeah. We'll find out. Now? It might Can not you hear be. me now? Yeah, it, I hear you now. It okay. might just not. Yeah. No, we have, uh, so Show Park just became. Oh, yeah. So. We're working with them, trying to help them out any questions they have. We've been kind of keeping in touch with what they have going on. Um, same thing with Bentsville. Bentsville had a, a situation last year where we were walking for them as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, those are things we got going on in our neighborhood. But other than that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Have, have we seen Shore guys yet? Or? No, I don't I don't know if they're... Actually, I just put out a text to both Bentsville and Shore guys, and I haven't heard back from them. Yeah. Usually, they're... I mean, Shore Park's never been before, but obviously Bentsville's usually here every year. Yeah. What would you guys, um, uh, again, from, like, our local area, like... If, if there was a fire department in our area that was looking where they were like, ah, you know, I'm not sure if we, could be, we should become affiliated and I'm, I'm not sure, like, what we should do, um, you know, is it really important to become affiliated with the AFFI? Like, what would you guys say to those those guys? Well, I would say for sure. I mean, a lot of the stuff that our AFFI passes with legislation that helps out the fire service, right. and I, I can't see why you wouldn't want to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah, especially for, you know, it, it's such... It's such a minimal, uh, it's such a minimal like uh, inconvenience for you to just pay a couple bucks and go out and help out your local guys. Like, why why wouldn't you want to join? Right, you got a seat at the table with your village. You have a right to negotiate, you know, wages, right. safety concerns. Have you guys noticed any big changes with uh, uh, with like Shore and Bensonville, like as it pertains to, like dealing with you guys at all? Like, have you guys really had to help them come along? Or? We we walk for both. We want to both help them out with uh, information, uh, Russ especially. I know Sheila Parker, they had concerns uh, as far as they were going to join the AFFI or they were going to go team service or other. Yeah. It's good. Whenever we have issues, I like to call. I used to talk to Eric Habercross a lot from uh, Cicero when he was their president. He helps us out with issues. Art Thompson's great. Um, it's always nice to have someone to right, just bounce ideas that. off and find out you know, what... You know, they have a history of the same situation we have and how, how they took care of it. It's always good. Yeah, yeah. We'll get there. Um, cool. Well, you guys got anything else going on that you guys want to talk about or no? Well, we're just in the middle of negotiations right now, trying to get a contract signed. You guys can really sign another Cicero contract? Yeah, nice 10-year contract. Fuck. We're making a ton of money. Yeah, I don't geez. think that's going to happen by us, you know. Yeah. Well, I do remember um, back, when, uh, back when I was in paramedic years ago, um, that was actually how I met a handful of you guys was uh, uh, when I was a paramedic and um, where I was, that was right when you guys had taken over the ambulance. Okay. And so like we had guys, um, I did botch road over by where I was at and then um, tried to go who else. Um, I don't think Bianchi at that point, but like that was a huge move with you guys. Like you guys, do you remember? Or, I mean, I'm sure you remember. Do you care to talk about any of that? Do you or no? Yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was a good opportunity. Huge. The village. The village was threatening us with layoffs, and uh, they had a shortfall with uh, their budget. And, and at that time, Franklin we... Park was um, strictly fire. I mean, you guys had EMTs and paramedics, but right. Franklin Park was the PSI. village of Franklin Park was strictly fire. And then you guys had a contract to service that did the ambulance, right? Right. We had a contract service. Uh, PSI was a contract service, and from what I understand, is we were the first contract that PSI had way back when. Oh, that never even got going, huh? Well, no, we, we they had our own EMS at one time. Yeah. And then PSI came in, and I think we were their first contract. So it was a stronghold, and okay. uh, we were always told that they would never they would never allow us to take over the ambulance. And because of the 
budget shortfall, we were able to talk the village into letting us get rid of the contract and we take over it ourselves. Yeah. So it was yeah. a good opportunity. And that was huge. I mean, I remember it was it was really tough for you guys. You guys did the Silver Spanner thing for a little bit, right? Yes. And then um, and then you guys were pretty much working like one and one for a little while. Yeah, we did one and one, one paramedic, one EMT for a while. We did Silver Spanner. A lot of good help from uh, Cicero guys, uh, Oak Park guys, who am I missing? Forest Park guys. We had a lot of a lot of help from other yeah. locals that came over. That's awesome. Yeah, and I remember North you Lake. guys were sending Brenda guys North Lake. She was great. Oh yeah, she yeah. was over a lot yeah. too. Yeah, there was, I mean, I remember there was a lot Josh, of... Josh, uh, Josh, don't can't forget Josh Hintz, guys. Oh, Josh Josh Hintz. helped us out, too. Oh, he's great. That handsome guy. So, um, but, he, but when you guys were doing that, I remember you guys were sending guys through Loyola at the time, was it? Yeah, well, or, we sent people whoever, where, I think we sent guys to wherever they wanted to go. We had oh, some really? guys in Loyola, some guys lived up uh, north, so whatever hospital they went to out there for paramedic school. Yeah. And did you guys, uh, how'd you guys pay for all that stuff? Do you guys kind of, like, just volunteer? Do guys... All, yeah. Volunteered work backs. Yeah. We had guys volunteering, covering these guys so they could go to school. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of... It's awesome. Just guys helping out each other just to kind of get the job done. Right. Awesome. All right, why won't we up your guys' time? Go, go grab a drink before you... Okay, we're starting right. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank sorry. you. Have a good one. Okay. Um, awesome. Well, we're we're back at it again. Uh, this is Corey from Chicago's Bravest Stories helping out, and uh, we've got Stephen here from Local 2. Um, we're guest hosting the AFFI podcast, and we're lucky enough to sit down with a handful of people. And, we, sir, can we get you to introduce yourself? And You can. I'm Matt Olson. I'm the fourth district vice president, which covers part of the northern part of the state uh, outside Danny's district, uh, awesome. which is a first district with Chicago and the suburbs out there, and then sure. Arts District, which is far up north. So Elgin, Joliet, Naperville, that corridor, um, there's 60 locals inside our district. So Oof. Awesome. And uh, what fire department do you call home? Bolingbroke. Bolingbroke. Okay. I retired last April, and okay. I, I oh, encourage everybody to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end goal, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Healthy hired, healthy retired. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great to hear. Were you, uh, did it hurt at all even, or...? No, actually it didn't. I, I, I put a lot of time preparing for that. You know, sure. I, I, uh, my grandfather was a, a captain in Chicago. He was on okay. 73. And I remember talking with him when he turned 95. Uh, and every oh birthday, I would bust his chops about how old he got. And at 95, <laughs> I was just making fun of him. Uh, and he goes, you know what that means, Matt? I said, no, what's it mean? And he said, that means 68 years I ain't been a fireman. <laughs> and I, I wow. got what he was trying to tell me. He yeah. was trying to tell me that Bob Olson better be good enough. Uh, so for me, medals and better be good enough. Oh, you know how it goes. Awesome. This kind of becomes an identity to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And eventually that all leaves. Uh, so I, I, I heard those words often. Um, so no, I was, I was kind of ready. I have no regrets. Uh, it was a good career. They were, you know, the job was good to me. The people were good to me. Um, now it's time to sit back and enjoy the family. I got three more years of high school with my youngest. My oldest just graduated, so I'll make up for missing all the little league games by going to his high school matches. Right, there I'm you just go. Gonna say finally, um, awesome. Is there? Um, I'm trying to think if, like, if there were any. Well, we're. Um, it, it sounds like Luke and uh, Luke and Larry are gonna sit down with you um, next week. But is there anything uh, anything you can give us a preview of of stuff that you'd like to like to cover? Yeah, or? I'm excited about next week. Monday, we're gonna sit down with you guys and talk about a secondary employment committee. And secondary employment is something that I think is important but overlooked. Yeah. Uh, we all talk about the fireman with the side job, right? Right. Um, right? If you know a fireman, there's somebody that's going to be a good plumber, a good carpenter, own a trucking company, do your taxes, pick something, right? Mm -hmm. And Podcast. 
yeah, podcast. <laughs> You're the only one I know, but but I know you, so there you go. Everything. Uh, t- a lot of our firefighters kind of fall into a habit of just going to work for another fire department, right. and we just want to uh, highlight what can be dangerous about that. Problematic right. issues. Right. You know, the, the state of Illinois, for example, is really good to us when it comes to presumptive illnesses and injuries. And the day that you got hired on Chicago, the state decided you had a clean bill of health. Right. right. So anything that happened to you, whether it was a heart lung issue, whether it was a cancer, all the way down to hernias, that happened on the job, unless the city can prove it did not. Mm. Okay. That's a big bonus for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it's, it's a real risky proposition for us to automatically waive that presumption. Uh, by going to work for another fire department. And it's just, it's dangerous. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't want uh, to double our risk of the exposures. We don't want to discount our craft. When your board goes in and bargains a contract, uh, fires aren't any hotter somebody, somewhere else. Right. Like, are, are you worth this price or are you not? Is this job something you'll do for 15 bucks an hour or do I have to pay 100,000 bucks? What's it gonna be? Uh, so we just want to make sure that our members are aware of the consequence of the decisions they're making, and then they're going to make the ones they're going to make. But we feel like we should give them the best information. Very good. Yeah. Well, we don't um, want you to get too much into it because we know you're coming in oh, next yeah. week. Uh, yeah. But how long have you been with in your position with AFFI? Nine years now. I've been a vice president with the AFFI. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, you've it's, you've enjoyed your your position thus far. It, I have. <laughs> it's good. It's 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 a nice experience because as, no one in my travels. Have I ever met a local president that had the goal of being a local president? That's just not how it happens. You know, you walk into your career, you want to ride backwards. Maybe you want to get promoted. You want to do some things. And then you kind of look around and it's like, man, I really feel like I could have some control over my situation. I just trust myself to do that. Maybe I don't trust that person. Next thing you know, we're running for office and all of a sudden we're presidents. Uh, but you're dealing with all of the, it's nonsense, right? Sometimes right. it's hard to be a local president. Uh, you'll hear, uh, like President Devaney used to say it all the time, President Sullivan will say it about how local officer is the most thankless job in the business. They're not kidding. Uh, for me, I get to deal with the elected leaders. Uh, so the people that I deal with now are not the member that's angry. No matter what decision you make, somebody hated it and he was probably driving your engine that day. Right. Uh, so you get it all day. Right. Here I just get to deal with, uh, with the union leaders, which makes it really easy. It's, uh, it's a comfortable place to be. Some really bright people. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's an enjoyable way to spend the your time here so you you prefer politics over over the firemen then for, fortunately for me i don't have to deal with the politics so much okay. uh in my position as a, a vice president i'm considered the service branch right sure. so bargaining right. contracts organizing locals working through grievances and arbitrations and unfair labor practices uh, all of those things so um and that's honestly even that's peaceful too, because I go to visit a local that has this terrible situation. You do your best to make it better. To but make it better, at yeah. At the end of the day, I drive home. I don't work there. <laughs> That's right. true. So you want your best for them, uh, and you certainly try your best, but you don't wear it like you did when you were a local officer. That's tough. Oh God, yeah, because because again, there's no going home at that point. No, you know? it's it's there with you, and then you're every third day you're back at it. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most at the conference? I'm just excited to see everybody in the same room again, to be honest. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of significant changes in Illinois with our political leadership. Speaker Madigan's gone. We've got a, a new group of legislators that our, our board's working with, um, and they're successful. They're, you know, all of the initiatives that we propose right now are still standing. They haven't necessarily become law, but we're alive. Uh, and it, it's, it's exciting for me to see what our legislative guys and our state president um, are able to do with our legislature. They have their ear. Uh, there's an inherent trust that people have for firefighters, and we've done nothing to diminish that. And I'm really proud of that. So I, I just enjoy watching these guys work with them. Yeah, awesome. 
great guy you are, man. <laughs> so, um, and it, was there any particular, you're, you're not speaking yourself, are you? Uh, no, the, not, this, not this week, Okay, no. awesome. And uh, was, was there any particular speaker that you were looking forward to hear from, or? Don't say Chuck, because I think he's going right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, already, I do enjoy listening to Chuck. I, I hope, honestly, President Devaney comes back. Uh, awesome. He's the one I always enjoyed listening to. Pat is a guy, not to diminish what Chuck is doing, because Chuck's right. picked up right where he's left off, but uh, Pat could sell ice cubes to Eskimos, you know, and <laughs> he just inspired me to want to work harder. Uh, he was always the busiest, hardest working guy in the room, and I never wanted to do less than that. Right. You know, uh, uh, he humbled me quite a bit. So when I came in here full of energy, I said, boy, I can do half of what that man's doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, That's I just enjoy listening to him. He's, he's inspiring to me. That's awesome. Well, here, we won't hold you up. I know you've probably got 10,000 things. Thank well, you one for more, One more question oh, that's I'm been sorry. very important since we started yesterday. Oh. What's your favorite restaurant in Springfield? <laughs> oh, this is Because um, we're making a list after last night. I'd have to say Obed and Isaac's. Okay. Ooh, that's, that's two. We got two votes that's for that. That's two votes for the brewery. Yeah. I've been on the wagon for six years now. Okay. Um, so I missed that part of it. But they do a great job. Yeah, so, that's awesome. You know what? I feel like breweries in general do a real nice job with their restaurants when they have them. Like they just, do. They it's never, like they, the, the same energy and effort they put in their craft beers. It's like craft everything. Just, yeah, yeah. I just fucking so they love get a free, They get a free too. shout out on the AFFI podcast. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Good man. to see you guys. Your time. Thank us. you very much. My pleasure. <laughs>
do they got coming down I here? I think we have all of them but two uh, that are that are coming down. And then plus we have our, our ledge committee and our pack committee that have uh, come, come down that's, as well. That's quite a few guys. Quite a few, but uh, we are the largest local within the state. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so six bills, uh, any of them that are that you're like real passionate about or that uh, you one that, speak to? One that I think that should be passed is our uh, testing bill. Okay. Um, I, I, off the top of my head, I'm forgetting the number. Um, but it's something that every department within the state of Illinois has, and we're exempt because of home rule exemption. So I think, especially with the way our testing has gone, with every time we have a test, it seems like it's bogged down in lawsuits. Um, one thing that other departments within the state of Illinois have is they test every two years. Okay. Um, I know we're trying to shoot for every five. Um, it would be ideal if we did that. I know we're a larger department than most in the state, but uh, um, just to help, number one, you know, from my perspective, if you're having a test every five years, you're having guys study the material, study the SOPs, GOPs, stuff like that, you're gonna have a smarter department. So for us, um, the, last le uh, the last lieutenant's exam was 11 years ago. Some guys might only have two shots at a, at a promotional exam in their lives. Sure, and some career. guys are on the list and retired. Retired, they're gone. Yeah, they're gone. Yep, yep. So, very good. Uh, so, what is what are you looking forward to uh, at the conference, either today or tomorrow or Thursday? Uh, just meeting other guys from other locals. Yeah, you know, guys that I've never met before from the south or something like within the state. A lot of cool dudes. A lot of cool around. dudes, yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll let you get out of here, uh, you know, so you can go uh, check out the speakers. Yeah. You know, we had you sitting over here. And, uh, it's all good. In the, in the batter it. circle. Uh, your favorite restaurant in Springfield? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, there's the you have old, to pick one. The Old Lux. It's okay. uh, fried chicken and this uh, fried sick. I think it's got. It's, it's known for their fried chicken. Okay, we're we gonna write that one down there, Fitz, Corey. Fitz loves yeah. that one. Uh, of yeah, course, Fitz loves Fitz, it. Fitz is favorite. Yeah, it's Fitz well, is favorite. listen, when you see Fitz, tell him to stop by the table. Won't I will. You? I will. Right, got to get him going. <laughs> got to get him going. We appreciate your time, Danny. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right, boys. Uh, enjoy have a good the rest one. of the conference. Okay. All right, guys. Appreciate All right, take it. Care. Thanks. Hi, uh, welcome back to the AFFI podcast. Again, I'm your guest host, Corey. I'm here with Steven, and we are here, fortunate enough to talk to two ladies here from the NBA. Uh, I'm sorry, girls, can we have you guys introduce yourselves? Yeah, so my name is Kelsey Tomko, and I'm a national manager of fundraising and community engagement for MDA. And I'm Jenny King. I'm the national senior director for firefighter partnerships in MDA. Jenny, everyone talks about my voice on this thing. I think I'm out. Yeah, you're out. You're, Jenny, you sound great on this thing. Oh, my gosh. I've got a, I've got a face made for podcasts. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, again. Unfortunately, she's sitting directly across from me um, taking a look at this. <laughs> I could do a podcast. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's it, we work with you guys so often and so much. We've got such a strong partnership with you guys. And, like... I think it'd be awesome just to kind of hear stuff that you guys have going on and, and you guys' background. You guys might dig it into it a little bit? 
Sure, go ahead, Gus. Yeah, sure. absolutely. So, um, Fill the Boot started back in what, 1956? 1953. 1953. She knows better than me. Yeah, so back in Boston. Um, and Jenny, why don't you just give a little bit of a high level overview of exactly how it started? Sure. Sure. So back in um, 1953 in South Boston, um, there was a firefighter um, that was, you know, sitting in the bay, beautiful day. Uh, uh, one of his neighbors came up to him and said, dude, I have two kids with neuromuscular disease. We need wheelchairs. We need help. I don't know where to go. So the firefighter, George Greeny, said, I think I can help you. And I can't do a Boston accent or I would, but just imagine it. Okay. Um, and he said, sure, yeah, we, we can help you. So he grabbed his buddies that were on shift with him. They, got their, they emptied out their coffee cans and went door to door and collected money for this family. $5,000. Not a lot of money back in 1953 sure. in coffee cans. So he started thinking, you know what we did in one day? I could get the rest of Boston Fire to do more. So they did. The following year, they went to the IFF convention down in Florida and he went on the floor and said, we need to work with the Muscular Dystrophy Association. I think firefighters across the country can do this. And so it started. The motion passed unanimously that they were going to partner with MDA. MDA would be their charity of choice until a cure was found. $672 million later, right? Right. A dollar at a time in a boot? Yeah. Crazy. My God. It's a fantastic partnership, and the IFF's our number one partner. That's awesome. Now, how um, how locally? Because um, you you ladies are not from the area, or are you guys from? I'm up in the Chicago area. Oh, okay. Yep. Awesome. Um, can can you guys give us a little bit of a breakdown of, of what's going on here in Illinois and how it pertains to us? Yeah, absolutely. So in a normal year, um, the AFFI raises anywhere from nine hundred to nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars through Fill the Boot, which is an incredible amount. We usually have, I would say, about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty locals who actually go out and do a traditional boot drive. Um, we also see a lot of locals host some really creative special events, whether that is a golf outing that benefits us or a virtual 5k locals always get extremely extremely creative when it comes to supporting us um, you know obviously 2020 was a little bit different we raised just under one hundred and twenty thousand um, dollars but illinois was the second highest raising state overall only behind florida who had the opportunity to conduct in-person boot drives prior to the world shutting down so they cheated exactly no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm big on naming names and competition so and most firemen love a good competition. Who are your top, top fundraisers? Top fundraisers, again, in a normal year, Chicago Local 2 usually um, raises well over $100,000. Thank you for your service, Steve. Yes. Yeah, I think we could do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, so Chicago Local 2 is always usually in that number one spot. Number two is usually Arlington Heights Local 3105, and they're pretty unique. So in addition to doing an on-street boot drive all day, they also typically host um, or put on this benefit that they have, I would say, three to 400 people who come in. Um, they're able to drink. There's probably 200 silent auction items, and it raises, you know, forty-five dollars to $50,000, which is wonderful. And then the number three spot kind of fluctuates. Sometimes it's Bloomington Local 49. Sometimes it's Galesburg Local 555. Whoa, Galesburg! Oh, wow. yeah. Yes. Yeah, small but mighty. Um, both, both of those local do an incredible job so that number three spot is always up for grabs year after year but the number two are usually always 
or the, the, the top two are usually Chicago and Arlington Heights. Who's, who's slacking? Who's slacking out there? Mm. You don't have to name yeah. names. That's fine. That's fine. But <laughs> so, listen. We'll, we'll write go it down along on a piece of that. paper and push it <laughs> across yeah, so the table. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. Uh, no, I, uh, so speaking of, speaking of kind of who's slacking, if, um, uh, have, are there still departments that are maybe having trouble figuring out how to get a hold of you guys? Like, we'll definitely have that information at the end of the podcast because we want to make sure everyone has that. Um, but uh, going along with all that stuff, is there, um, I mean, there's got to be a, a couple couple of stories coming out of out of the MDA when it comes to host our, uh, post us doing these drives. Where does this money go? Sure. So um, MDA is the leading funder for neuromuscular care across the country. Um, and we have about 300,000 families, I believe, that um, we service across the country in the United States. And we have care centers. We have 150 plus care centers. They're uh, multidisciplinary and, um, clinics where they have different. Um, you know, you have your your cardiologist, you have your neurologist. All of those people different come together, right? And so they they go instead of spending 12 different visits across the you know the year, they go in one spot and they see everybody at once, and it's a team approach. So we have we fund those, um, and throughout COVID and and all of the, the you know the what really happened to us with our fundraising just, just was decimated. But we were still able to keep those obligations of paying for our care centers. Um, we have 182 research projects um, that we funded in 2020 um, across worldwide. So um, th- so those things happen. We're we're doing education. We usually hold summer camp um, because of COVID last year and this year. It's virtual, but we're still um, touching a lot of kids that way and able to um, have them access, you know, that fun stuff. You know, they get the camp in a box and they're able to, to have an online community, which is so important. I, I know a lot of the firemen are fans of the summer camp, too. You guys have a firefighter day or mm-hmm. what? how does that work? Yeah, so in a normal year, we always had Firefighter Day, where we invited all firefighters from across the state to join us. Um, We would do a truck parade, so anybody who was able to bring any sort of apparatus down, even if you had a red pickup truck, we asked you to join in on the parade. (laughs) Um, So we'd line up all the trucks, and then the kiddos would stand along the side, and they would make signs, and they would be cheering, and it was really wonderful. Um, And I also have to give a shout-out to Belvedere Local 1569. They have this dog costume. Uh, It's like a mascot. Okay. Um, and so they started to bring that down as well, which, and I think his name's Sparky. I don't remember. Yeah, Spark, Sparky the Fire Dog. Yes, exactly. So he's made an appearance a couple of years as well, um, which has been really wonderful. So we do a parade, then we go out onto the big field. Um, a lot of the trucks that come do end up, they have water. And so the kiddos are able to spray their counselors. I'm always somehow thrown in there as well. The kiddos <laughs> get to get all wet. So it's always a good day. Firefighter Day always tends to be one of the hottest days of the summer, which is perfect for all those water activities. Um, but yeah, the kiddos always love it. So we're really looking forward to hopefully going back to that in-person summer camp in 2022. You know what's so interesting about the like the water fights and stuff there is that you've got kiddos who are in electric wheelchairs and, 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 and they're told they can't do things all the time. Like if they want to get wet, Oh, we're going to saran wrap that <laughs> oh, stucker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, and, and they get to do, they're told no all the time. And summer camp is the one time a year that we're like, you yeah. want to do that? Sure, we'll Dude, make it happen. We'll make it happen. Yeah. And firefighters always find a way to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Like, they're very, um, you know, there's not a problem they don't solve. So um, oh. they'll figure out a way to get those kiddos. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah. 
Uh, so what are some of the challenges that these kids face? You know, you talked about being in an electric wheelchair, being told they can't do certain things. What are, what are some of the challenges that they face growing up uh, with, with these uh, disorders? Oh my gosh. Um, well, you know, first off, they're different. Um, they can't do what everybody else can do. So that that's really hard. I mean, it's hard being a kid anyways, especially in these days and times. But to, you know, to be told that you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't play football, you can't do this because of your neuromuscular disease. I think that's really tough. And being different um, is difficult. Um, you know, we've made so many advances in treatments and cures. Um, I mean, not cures, but treatments and, and, and just drugs that help prolong their life. Um, you know, 15 years ago, the average life expectancy of, of a child with Duchenne muscular dystrophy was was 15. So, you know, they weren't living past 15. And and now, with everything that we've been able to do because of our firefighters, what they've raised and the money that's been able to go in the research, our kiddos are now not only living past 15, they're graduating from high school, they're going to college, they're getting jobs. And that, that creates a whole nother set of issues for us, but they're good issues to Absolutely. have. Absolutely. I mean, we want to help them find jobs. We want them to go to college. So, um, so those are you know the types of things that are so exciting for us to watch. That you know those kiddos that used to be like, oh, have a great time at camp because this might be your last time here. But now it's like, what are you going? Hey, Joey, where are you going to college? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just to touch again on another um, huge advancement with FDA approvals and research and things like that, spinal muscular atrophy type 1 used to have a, or I guess still does, have a life expectancy of only about 18 to 24 months. So they're usually diagnosed right around birth, and then they don't typically live to see their second birthday. There is a drug that was approved, I believe, two years ago um, to treat this, and it's a one-time injection, and these kiddos are able to walk. They're living to, yeah, this is something that was never, I wish you guys (laughs) could see Steve's face. Like, my eyes are just, like, popped (laughs) open wide. Yeah, so these kiddos are able to walk, something that you never see with somebody who was diagnosed with type 1 SMA. Um, They're able to hug their families. They're able to live a relatively normal life. I don't want to full out say like it's a normal life because it isn't, but it's more normal than we've ever seen before. And I truly think that's the closest thing that we've ever seen to a cure. And again, that's because of your guys' support. And and one of the other things too that the firefighters helped with that was the advocacy because Mm -hmm. newborn screening, um, SMA wasn't um, a typical form that they, they screened for. And now, with our firefighters' help of advocacy, we're getting newborn screenings come. So as soon as they, they screen those kiddos when they're born, they find out they have SMA, they can get that injection and live a more normal life. I mean, live, you know, be able to walk. I mean, grow up to that point. So it's amazing. Wow. So we have so much to thank our firefighters for. They have been partners from, you know, everything from raising funds, of course, which are much needed, to summer camp volunteers, to helping our advocacy. And, and getting those newborn screening p- passed. It's amazing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If uh, if local firemen wanted to uh, kind of help out, I mean, help out more than uh, than just the fill the boot, do you guys have, uh, have a resource that, that they might um, be able to reach out to? Or So we have firefighters.mda.org, okay. which is um, a website we have specifically set up for our IFF partners that has toolkits for virtual um, events, um, all sorts of 
you know, traditional boots, those types of things, all that information, plus our contact information is on there. So across the country, people can find us who we are, but, um, but they can definitely reach out to Kelsey or I. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, and I mean, just one more thing before we go with you guys. I did have, uh, well, me and Steve normally work on another podcast where we talk about a lot of stories. Do you guys have any stories for us uh, coming out of the NBA? Oh, I can tell one of my favorite stories. Let's hear it. So um, I went to summer camp many years, but, um, but we have a zip line at, at the summer camp by me. And the kiddos can, you know, get on the zip line, which is, of course, amazing. Like oh, you said, okay. we, tell, we, we don't tell kids no. We figure out a way. So there was a little boy, um, Zachary, and he just wanted to do the zip line, but it took him all week to work up courage because he was scared. He never done anything like it, and he was in a wheelchair. So finally the last day, and I was there, and his counselor finally convinced him to do it, and he worked up enough courage. And so this kiddo gets in, and you know they had to pick him up out of his wheelchair, put him in a sling, hook him all up, do it. And he was still nervous. You could see it on his face. By the time he got to the end, he was in this, you know, they're unloading him out of the sling, and he looked at me, and he goes, you know, I can't walk, but today I flew. And I'm like, wow, "Wow, my whole life is complete. What I do (laughs) on a daily basis is like, I mean, I get to help kids fly. You guys, firefighters, (laughs) raise money to help kids fly. I mean, wow. That's... What what a great way to end it. Yeah, and I'm constantly an emotional wreck, so that that didn't help me today, so... (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, again, like, what better way to kind of, like, let membership know what what good work is being done what, there yeah what the dollars they collect the time and effort that they put into the camps the parades everything like that the fundraisers that we're doing uh or that they're doing out there uh kelsey did slide a piece of paper to me with a couple of the locals that are lacking yeah. so we'll do that one on the other podcast yeah well good thing we got a long drive back from us <laughs> going back home so we'll, we'll make a couple phone calls um Again, ladies, I can't thank you guys enough. I don't want to eat up any more of your time. Um, do you guys have, can, can we just talk one more time about how how workers can reach out to you guys and, and what the best contact info would be? Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is Kelsey. You guys are more than welcome. Please call my cell phone. Uh, my number is 517-918-2026. Um, feel free to call or text me anytime, and I'm happy to get you and your local set up. Not anytime, guys. Well. Yeah. Not anytime. I really hope this was a mistake. Yeah. I, I should have Knock it off. <laughs> No, but I'm always happy to help you guys with whatever you need. Um, and, yeah, we're looking forward to a really successful 2021. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and one more time, the website? Firefighters.mda.org. Awesome. Again, ladies, thank you so much for doing this with us. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for the work you guys are doing out there. Well, thank you for giving us this opportunity. Yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs> no problem. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, we've had a, a special request drop-off <laughs> by Matt Olson here. Sir, can you introduce yourself? My name's Jay Smith. Jay Smith. It from? I'm uh, retired from Canton, Illinois. Okay, how many years did you do over at Canton? I had uh, almost 25 years uh, at Canton, oh, wow. and I was a uh, trustee for the Central District uh, State Association for 20 years. Awesome. So uh, what does this legislative conference mean to you? Well, this is where it all happens, you know. Like I said, I, I, I've been retired uh, now for almost three years. And uh, I was talking with Matt a little bit ago, and 
And it's just amazing, uh, a week from Thursday, you know, somebody's going to deposit a big chunk of money in my <laughs> checking account, you know, and, and, and our retirement is, is a wonderful thing. And uh, it's stuff like this that Keeps helps. Keeps that party going. Yeah. 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 We got to keep doing that. You know, uh, my mentor from uh, Canton when I started 25 years ago, uh, Dan Oaks, and he's treasurer for the uh, Illinois State Retired Firefighters. Uh-huh. He always used to tell us young guys, he goes, you know, he says, you're not working for today. You're working for tomorrow. I'd look at him, and I'm like, what the heck's this guy talking about? We're, talking we're not riddles. working for today. I'm like, heck yeah, I need, I need the money, man. Right. But, no, I'm literally but, working for today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, when w- once you start getting those years in and then it starts sinking in and you're like oh wait a minute now i get it yeah and then when you sign those papers and you walk out the door and you're like oh can i do this well then when that first check hits the bank it's like oh party hey you you get that first check for sleeping in your own bed then yeah you know (laughs) yeah they're paying you to stay home i mean you can't beat it so so what what got you in the fire service in the first place well It's funny you say that. I spent 12 years in my hometown on, yeah. on volunteer fire department. Okay. okay. And uh, I Down grew, south? Or? No, actually central Illinois, just okay, about 20 so. miles from Peoria. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, back in, back in that time period, I got on in, I think it was 1982, uh, and there was only, what, 600 residents in the whole community. So it was... It was kind of like our little fraternal club, sort yeah. of. Okay. You know, if if a, a young guy uh, wanted to do something, he joined the fire department. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't have a clue about the fire service other than, you know, they went and put out fires. Right. Until I got on. And, you know, it started out as, as kind of a, what, social experiment, I suppose, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. But uh, it grew on me. And, uh, you know, I worked at a steel mill when I first got out of school, uh, lost my job because of foreign steel, uh, went to work construction, and, you know, I, I was, I'd done that for several years, and I kept getting tired of getting laid off every winter and having to go on unemployment and stuff. And, yeah. of course, I'm getting older, my body's getting broke down a little bit, you know, and I'm thinking, so some of my friends are getting on the fire department. Yeah. And I thought, you know, this they're doing all right can, too. Yeah, yeah. So I started testing around at different places and got lucky enough to get hired. And what, yeah. what year did you are? get hired? Uh, ni- 1994. 1994. Okay. Were you guys doing EMS then at that time, or were you strict Canton, Illinois? No, oh, no. Stri- strictly fire or non-transport, but we were doing EMS. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah what's Can- what's Canton look like down there? What, what was your fire department look like? Uh, what fif- kind of? 15 full-time guys and fire chief. Okay, awesome. So and uh, you guys staff, uh, you guys just staff the engines now, or are you guys staffing the ambulances too now? Nope. Oh. Still, they're still not doing Come the ambulances now. No. And, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, and here's a, lesson, here's a lesson for a lot of departments too, because when I got hired uh, in 94, there was, they had, the, the town had had, a lot, and I wasn't from Canton, of course, but they had a lot of uh, different, uh, like, volunteer-type ambulance systems and stuff sure. yeah. in town. 
and <clears throat> the last one was kind of going defunct but at the time there were a lot of older guys on the fire department and one of the one of the assistant chiefs at the time had it all mapped out how many people that they would have to hire you know what it was going to cost for that cost for the ambulances and so on and so forth and what it was going to bring in yeah we got all these guys that are getting close to retirement and they're going screw that i ain't i'm not running ems calls all hours <laughs> ambulance all hours of the night but yet we were running the same calls you're doing all the them, time you're doing them anyways. anyways yeah you know so <clears throat> the 911 board in the county got together and they they started a county tax supported county ambulance oh, okay. wow and you guys. it's uh it's uh you know they're ingrained now after yeah. right after right. almost 30 years and uh it's probably never going to happen and it's sad mm. Because they should be doing the fire-based EMS. I mean, we all know that that's the best way to go, yeah, the yeah. ambulance services. Absolutely. Did now, I, oh, so go ahead. I was just going to say, so did you, not to, not to um, whatever, get you going about the volunteer department, but, like, did you notice any big, um, did you notice anything big transferring from a volunteer service to more of a more, more of a professional full-time fire department? Like, was there were there a lot of big differences that you noticed? Or? Well, just... I mean, you know, volunteer fire departments sometimes, like say, can be a, a good old boys club. Yeah. And when you get hired professionally, that says it all right there. It's a professional career, yeah. and it's a little bit, you have to carry yourself a little bit different. Yeah. And, and there were, there's been a lot of, guys I've run into over the years and some of them have really struggled making that transition and some of them on my department oh, really? some guys that were I was just at times you know Oof. like dude you know <laughs> this is a little, this is a little bit different situation here oh, so yeah. I mean yeah I mean so at, at what at what point <clears throat> in your career did you start getting involved in the union <laughs> the uh what was it? Uh, four months after I got off probation, I ran for secretary treasurer and beat a guy <laughs> beat a guy out that had been with the department for about 26 or seven years. So you were, you were ready to go. Of, he was a good friend. <laughs> George is a very good friend of mine, yeah. and there was no animosity. And matter of fact, uh, George was a trustee for the state association, and. When he decided he was getting out of that position, he approached me about running to take over for him when he retired from the trustee's position. So actually my 25 year career, almost 25 year career, uh, I was on the executive board about 23 of those 25 years and I was union president for over 16. Okay, what made you so early on in your career want to get involved like that? Uh. I just because you know by us some guys are like I want to finish probation I should get some time on the job before I start running for steward or whatever it may be you jumped in right away well it's it's important to to watch out for your well-being and I guess at the same time you got to watch out for everybody else's but uh, <clears throat> excuse me 
you just, I don't know. It, uh, it's not that I didn't trust anybody because Dan Oaks was the union president when I hired on and Dan, he did a lot of the good language that's in our contracts is because of Dan and his executive board. Sure. But, uh, you know, I just felt like I needed to step up to the plate and do my part for myself as well as everybody else. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I guess if it does. You're here, you're going to get involved early on, and yeah. you just want to do the best that you can, not Absolutely. only for yourself, but for the department as well. Yeah. That's awesome. So for myself, you boys you boys down central Illinois, you guys go hard down there. Um, any, uh, can you give us any stories from Can that, that you'd be comfortable talking about? Stories? Yeah. Yeah, give us a, give us a story from the from the fire department, maybe a call you had or something that you... Or a prank that you pulled. Or a prank that you pulled, whatever, yeah. Oh, I don't know that I was really that big of a prankster. Not a prank guy? No, probably oh, not. Oh, that mustache says different, I'm telling you. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. What's uh, one of the best calls you had? Well, you know, there's guys that spend a lot of years on the fire department and never really have that call, but... Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of guys that remember, but uh, back in the 1800s, uh, the Parlins and the Orendorf started uh, P&O Plow Works. Okay. And they built plowshares. Okay. Well, over the years, they grew the company and it got big and, and International Harvester come in sometime, I don't know, remember exactly, but it was in the 1900s, I think, and, and bought this this company, yeah. This company out. And so, I mean, we're talking, we've got a, a factory that's 34 acres right in the middle of Canton. Okay. Oof. <clears throat> well, the economy gets bad in the 80s, and they made some bad decisions as a company, and the International Harvester Factory closed. Well, over the years, they had a lot of different things come in there and so on and so forth. And, you know, nothing ever really went well. And from the time I got hired in 1994, it was always kind of a running joke that, you know, that place is going to burn one of these days. Well, they had a company came in there that uh, they were doing tire shredding oh or supposed to do tire shredding. So there was... They said they were doing They tire said <laughs> they were going to do it. Correct. And got a bunch of money for it. Sure. And collected all kinds of tires, but never did any tire shredding. Oh, no. So, you know, they're saying there's like, oh, 250,000 or 300,000 tires in this place. And fast forward, we get a chief in from outside, and he starts pushing to get rid of all this stuff. And lo and behold, they, got, they, they, they were able to get rid of them. And when they finally got all the tires out, there was over 2 million tires in this place. Oh, my Lord. But fast forward a few more years after that, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we go on a burning complaint call about 10.30 at night. And it was in the International Harvester area. And, uh, oh, my assistant chief was pissed. And... Uh, I guess I can say that on here, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. He was, if he was Jerry, Jerry Marzullo's you know, on his way. He yeah. says pretty much whatever he wants. Does, okay. So, yeah. In the middle of the night, you know, and, and so we get the burning. The guy, it was just a guy working second shift. You know, he'd come home. He had some stuff he wanted to get rid of, and he yeah. started a fire and blah. Yeah. He, so, so on and so forth. So we go back. The tones go off about 2.30 in the morning. 
there's a fire in the international in the area of International Harvester. So we get up, and my assistant chief, that son of a buck, he's burning again. I'm going to write him a ticket, all this stuff. You know, we get in the trucks, and we go blasting down there. And, of course, there's a loading dock along 4th Avenue where we were going. Mm -hmm. And when we cleared those buildings, that last part of the loading dock, we could see there was a warehouse that was six stories. And it was, I think it was like 600 feet long or it was a big building and you know half the building three floors were completely engulfed fire belching out the windows now you gotta under you have to understand we've got a a 55 foot straight stick with a 1250 gallon a minute pump four people that's it Christ that's all yeah and we pull in there and we're several hundred feet away from this building, and the radiant heat at that point in time was just incredible. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, probably take you know, so we set, So we set the stick up, and we hit the first fire hydrant. Well, by then, you know, the, the second alarm crews were coming back in, and on our second alarm calls, if we get all our people, there was 15 of us. Right, yeah. I was just saying. <laughs> you know, Oof. for... So you guys get mutual aid and stuff. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So so anyhow, we hit the we hit the first line uh, hydrant off on the back of the truck, and we're flowing water out the stick, and it's just like I mean it's turning to steam almost instantly. Oh yeah, you know, and it's hardly it's like peeing on a bonfire, you know. Yeah. And uh, so they lay another line off a hydrant that was south of us, and when they did. The old stream on the stick just went <laughs> too much water, not yeah. enough pressure. Oh. So, so I mean, it was almost instantly, and we're we're 300, 400 feet, 50 feet, 500 feet away from this building, and instantly, the minute that stream stopped, the side of the fire truck just starts smoking. Uh-oh. Oh no! Yeah. So we're like, we got to get out of here. And one of the guys goes, well, I can't get the line off the back. I can't get the line off the back. I go, get an axe. I said, it doesn't matter if I can or can't. We got to get this truck out of here. Yeah. It's going to burn. Do you know how expensive right, this fire right truck is? Right where we're sitting. So funny, funny story. I mean, it melted on the, the all the lenses on that, that side of the, on all oh. the lenses on that side of the truck melted and bubbled and stuff and i have i still have those to this day they're they're in my garage they were going to throw them all away and and my buddy says oh no don't throw those away i'll take a couple of those they'll want those (laughs) you know you got you always got to keep a a reminder you know so yeah Nice. great story yeah 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 sitting down with us jay you know i mean yeah. yeah i mean it's just crazy i mean Guys go their entire careers and never see anything like that. Right. And, and we had several. So, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you guys, are, you guys are definitely the epitome of uh, getting it done with, uh, with, with whatever you can muster. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys do a nice job of it. Well, you know, you go around to some of these bigger departments in Illinois, you know, and you talk. You know, you always tell the stories from town and what you do and how you operate sure. and everything. And, of course, we've always, you know, we don't have engineers. We have, I mean, basically we have drivers. Everybody 
everybody can do the engineer's sure, work, of course. Sure. But you know, when you when you go to somebody that's from a bigger department and they're talking about how they run their calls, and we go, well, they're like, well, you know, how many people do you have, and all this stuff, and we're like, well, yeah, we we drive up and we set the truck up and. The truck sits there and runs by itself, and we go fight the fire. And they're like, "What? You don't have anybody on the engines?" Like, no, we don't have that luxury. There's right, only right. on a good day we have five guys on duty, with vacations and Kelly days and personal days and right. sick days and everything. There's usually four, and just unfortunately, yeah. you learn how to operate that way. It's not necessarily the right thing to do, but. But hey, it's, you know what? That's what you guys do. That's what uh, what you drill on, what you train yeah, on, yeah. and that's what yeah. you as a as a department and a crew have decided uh, for the betterment of the citizens that you serve. Yeah. This is how we're going to operate, yeah. and this is what's best yeah. for us. Yeah. So works. There works. you go. What uh, What are you excited about the most uh, for the conference? Oh, you know what? Seeing all the guys. Uh, I've been retired for three years, but I just retired my trustees position last year. And uh, I haven't seen a lot of the guys. And it was rain day, and I wasn't doing anything at home. And I knew the conference was going on. I'm probably not going to be here for the whole thing. I just come down to say hi to the guys and and visit with folks that I haven't seen for a while, and just have fun and probably maybe overindulge later. Oh, there you go. (laughs) While while we're there, favorite restaurant in Springfield? Oh, I don't remember what the name of it was, but. Pat Devaney and wrote and them, we went, uh, and I, I can't even remember what the restaurant was. You'll have to ask Roder Devaney if he comes later. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, my God, they had some good food there. Yeah. I like bar food or, or No, 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 no. This was a good sit-down restaurant. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like a fancy good, hors- good hors d'oeuvres and a, oh, no. just good entrees and the whole nine yards, but I can't remember what the heck the name of it was. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to figure so, that I try, out. I tried some anchovy bread for the first time yesterday. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah, I never had that it before, and I think I'm going to keep it on the menu. Yeah, so. yeah <laughs> definitely. Oh, it's good. Try it on pizza. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, we yeah. appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for sitting down Thank with you very much. Roger, thanks, thanks for having <laughs> me. Nice meeting you. I hope yeah. I didn't talk too much. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. Probably going to talk to you for another 45 minutes. <laughs> Enjoy well, the rest of the conference. If you get bored and you want me to come back, I will. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you at the bar, maybe. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. Well, I'll tell you what. We're moving right along at the AFFI Legislative Conference here. And we have just been visited by Chicago Firefighter Union, IAFF, Local 2, 2nd District Business Agent, Bill Murphy. Bill Murphy, how you doing? Very good. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Uh, so when did you get down here? Last night, yesterday afternoon. Yeah, how'd it go? It was good. We got to shake a lot of hands, press some flesh, meet some people. That's awesome. Uh, get our points across that we need to make. Good, um, good. So it was very productive. So tell us a little about uh, a little bit about yourself. Where are you at now? Well, I'm in a good place. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, all jokes aside. Uh, uh, right now I'm the captain of Indian Company 7 on the northwest side, um, Italian 7. Uh, it's the 2nd District. And uh, I'm neighbors, neighboring firehouse with you, as you know. Yes. Uh, I work the shift before you on the third shift, um, so I do get to see you in the morning once in a while. And uh, it's, it's great. I work with a great bunch of guys. Uh, they spoil me there. Um, I, 
couldn't be happier. I got great partners, great people I work with. That's awesome, right? Yeah. That makes the whole day. It makes the whole job that much better. Absolutely. It really does. <laughs> so when did you decide that you wanted to get involved in the union when you first started at, uh, uh, with Chicago? Well, it's a funny story, actually. Uh, one of my friends was a steward, and he started dragging us to meetings. So we started going with him quite a bit. He is now an exempt rank. Um, John McGill, fantastic guy. But he started getting me and a couple others involved more. So we started going to the stewards meetings and, you know, committees got more involved, more involved there. I was a steward for maybe 12 years. And uh, I, eventually I wanted to, you know, move up and take the next step. I think I have a lot to offer and a lot to help. And that's why I did it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, so, what kind of like uh, you sit on like a bunch of committees, right? Did you get started in the committees first, or? I did. The first committee I really got started with was political action, um, political action committee, and uh, the grievance committee. The grievance committee is probably where you learn the most about the job. Because uh, you, you go guys over are di all the di digesting and dissecting the contract, right? Every it used to be every two weeks. Um, we had a lot of grievances coming up and going through. So, I mean, there's, there's probably, we average probably 50 to 60 a month, which is a, a lot, because there's, some, some locals have one or two a month, maybe. Right. Now, there was a famous, I guess you could say famous recently, arbitration, right, that happened, and you testified uh, uh, for that, correct? The, yeah, there was a couple. Uh, so, a couple years ago, we had a, what we call the trade arbitration, where... Uh, city had changed the way they were handling trades and counting trades and uh, that went through arbitration and we won ended up helping a lot of people uh, especially some people with spouses on the job that they have to make trades for child care and all that and they start counting and adding up and adding up and the next one was uh, Italian chief arbitration we call it and it's basically based on fair testing which okay. uh, relates a lot to the bill we're trying to work with down here um, but uh, it's seeing what we can do it's we want to make 70 as a passing score and we want everybody to get fairly graded you get what you earned so what they did was they graded it on a curve which and this is the way our expert put it and put it very well was when you're doing the SATs and you have 10,000 people taking it that curve you won't really notice it but when you have a hundred and one person's got to get a hundred and one person's got to get a one no matter what that curve affects how I did on the test will directly affect how you do on the test. So if I do really good, that's going to put you at a different level than what you actually got. Okay. It's confusing. I it know. is confusing. It's confusing, but... And, it, and in, uh, this is regarding the battalion chief's promotional exam, how it was graded. How for, it was graded, for yes. For the city of Chicago. And you guys had to go out and hire, like, a legitimate mathematician or what 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 was this person we did uh one of the grievance actually found her and uh her name was elizabeth tipton she was fantastic she worked at a northwestern um, she is a professor uh and a statistician so way smarter way smarter than anybody sitting at this table right absolutely now. Yeah. well well i don't know because i don't know Corey, is you look pretty smart I'm, you you measured me right <laughs> 
I am pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, anytime, anytime you have that, those kinds of abbreviations after your name and having a title like statistician, which I'm not even sure what what it means. Like, you're, I mean, you're you're holding a pretty pretty prestigious title, and, and uh, you know what? Honestly, like, it's probably it was probably a great move for you guys just grabbing someone who was outside of our profession yeah. to to reinforce what you already knew. Yeah. Like, you knew that people were getting people were getting hosed pardon the pun and like to be able to find someone that actually was able to to like prove that logistically and like go through well well uh, bill's a pretty smart guy himself oh, well, here but right. so she took it to a whole nother level and she really didn't she's got like half the alphabet after her name yeah so if you want to talk about letters and stuff but she it's funny i sat down with my mom's a retired college math teacher. And we sat down, she dusted off at statistics books, and we worked through the equation. I hand to God. <laughs> we worked through the equation. And it, we were trying to do different ways to do it and figure out how the scoring happened. And that was easy. Just the one equation wasn't easy. But once you learn it, it's easy. Right. But she took it to levels that groups that are affected, uh, whether it be adversely or, or not, and she wow. took it to, I mean, she took it to levels that she broke down every data set you could imagine. She was very good, very worth it. Yeah. Very, very expert witness yes. for that one. Uh, speaking of alphabet soup, other than firefighter, EMT, captain, yada, 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 Bill himself has some alphabets at the end of his name. Am yes. I correct? Yes, uh, I also have a Juris Doctorate. Uh, I went and I left college when I took the job. I just had my 25th year anniversary. Congratulations. Two Congratulations. days ago, Sunday, May 16th. Bless you. And uh, I came back, I, I left college, took the job, and uh, ended up finishing my degree through our educational reimbursement program uh, with the city of Chicago, which is a fantastic program. You hear Vice President Cleary mentions it at every meeting. Every meeting, every email. Every time, and it's a great program, it really is. Uh, so I went there, and then I went to uh, Law school at Loyola, and uh, that was, geez, 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, 2004 is when I graduated. Or 2003, December 2003. I am so not motivated to be able to do any of that. So it's, for to me, that it was amazing that you were able to accomplish those things while being on the job. Like I, I go home and I want to take a nap. I didn't have any kids. Okay. So <laughs> the key. That is very much the key. Um, it was. Uh, I think the job is built for it, to be honest with you. Yeah. It, it's not, it's difficult, it's just work. And just putting the time to read. Right. You know, and I think anybody on the job could do it, absolutely. Just not having any kids, it's key, because <laughs> then you just you can do the work all day, you know, no side jobs. Yeah. So uh, what what are you excited about uh, for, for the uh, legislative conference? Any day, any speakers or? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear all of them. I like to, I like to, see how everybody else is doing and the ideas that they're bringing forward. Um, I know Joe and Jim have been doing a great job down here, getting stuff uh, worked through uh, both the House and the Senate, and uh, I'd, I'd like to help them continue that going forward. Maybe we can finish off here with the last two weeks of uh, session oh, yeah. and get some things pushed through and you know represent, help represent some of the smaller locals since we can, we've got probably 20 people down here yeah. that we can really kind of show force for some, some of these other bills that need to get passed, too. People helping people. That's it. That's it. That's, <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Well, very good. We won't take up any more of your time. We appreciate you coming and sitting down oh, with us shit. in this chaotic and uh, ever-so-awesome uh, legislative conference. 
Uh, I've been asking everybody, favorite restaurant in Springfield? <laughs> Don't you say it. Don't you nope. say it. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you know, I went to the gas and sip and got myself a bean burrito. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so that was pretty good. And it's right up my alley. We don't, we don't want to rule it out. <laughs> Listen, the, I heard the Taco Bell in Pontiac, Illinois, hits a little different than everywhere else. Oh, there you go. I want to get a Cracker Barrel on the way home. All right, well, we're going to let you out as uh, everybody's spilling there out into the, into the... I see a lot uh, more interviewees here. here. There you go. We'll Thanks, rally guys. up some of them for us, would you? Thanks, guys. All right, take Thanks, care, Bill. All right, we're moving right along uh, with the legislative conference today. Uh, we're in the afternoon. I don't know what time it is, uh, but uh, I got a couple more guests from uh, Chicago Firefighters Local 2. Uh, Bill Murphy sat down uh, back with us. I think he might be taking over uh, hosting duties Hello. Uh, for this podcast. <laughs> He's a Local 2 Jerry Marzullo. That's what he is. So I got uh, Pat Kwan with me. He is Local 2's uh, Public Relations uh, Director. Is that what we're going with? That is correct. Okay. And then uh, I have Marty Doherty, business agent of the... Fifth District. Fifth District. Fifth South District. Side. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Thanks for having us. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Great to be here. So, uh, how you guys like the conference so far? Excellent. <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah, very good. My first time. First time? Yep. And I can't believe they feed us lunch, too. I mean, this is fantastic. Some good information so far. I like it. Uh, what, what have you guys been looking forward to? Uh, anything uh, particular? Or? Uh, well, we just got back from the Capitol. Our, our uh, political action... Uh, Director Joe Sonorski had uh, met, introduced us to several uh, legislators. legislators. Yeah, so they're they're always willing to shake a hand and say hello, and you put a face to a name. There you go. <laughs> so we've been getting some good movement down here with uh, a lot of bills that concern firemen. That's uh, the point, right? Uh, there's been a there's a lot of bills. Uh, I think uh, what do we say six bill in the last. Six bills uh, you guys are trying to push through. Uh, which one, uh, I mean, they're all important, but which one, uh, Marty, do you feel more passionate My about? My most important bill is testing. Uh, testing has been an issue. My dad was on a job. It was a, it, this has been an issue for 40 years, at least. It's, it's generational. Uh, is it fair? Is it timely? These are all issues that we've gone through guys only get one or two cracks to improve get promoted in their careers uh, the rest of the state they have their rules in place testing every three to five years you know chicago is always on the outside hopefully we change that and, and, and pat how come the city of chicago can't go along with the testing rules that the remainder of the state uses they always say it's a financial burden to them yeah absolutely it's all about money with the city and the more often or the, the more often they have to test the more money they're going to spend so that's the uh, the biggest hold up here that's the biggest opposition i think with the city problem is is they're squeezing pennies out of membership members firemen it's affecting he's marty mentioned it was generational and it's affecting people's lives you have one day one chance to take a test that's going to define your entire life your family's lives because you're 
you've got one chance to get promoted to lieutenant, really. Once, if they have a test every 11 years, you're going to take a test when you're 25 years on? If it falls wrong, if it falls wrong one night, Marty studied with somebody for lieutenants that had his kid came early, twins. Twins the next, the twins the night before the test. It's, how, how do you, what do you do? You, you choose your kids, obviously. But it's just, it, it's a, it's a problem right there, and that's something that needs to be changed. And it's been going on for 40 years, like Marty said. We have a thousand grievances from 1980 onward, just about promotions, which is, in my mind, it's unbelievable because the, it's broken and it stays broke. And Einstein said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And here they are, just not changing anything. It's broke and it needs to be fixed for everybody. And so, for those who want to follow the bill, anybody know the bill? Is it uh, one seven? No, two three. I, I thought it was one seven seven seven. No, I think it's two, two nine eleven. Twenty nine eleven, maybe. Maybe two, it's, it's maybe a Senate bill. Uh, that's a good thing. Well, if, if local two members are out there, we do have the app uh, that local two has, and there is a political action section on that app now where. Uh, they're going to be able to track some of the bills we have down here. Oh, okay, very good. Like I said, Sonorski's kicking ass down here, and there's so much going on, and it's uh, yeah. you know it's hard to keep up with. But I know uh, uh, helping him out on the PAC, uh, on the political action uh, committee, I get handed a stack of paper like every time I show up. I'm like, oh, man, he really gives us our homework. Like, yeah, that's we right. Got, we got a lot of reading to do. Yeah, that's he's, right, absolutely. I can't remember us being this active. Yeah. I, can, I cannot in 25 years remember Local two being this active, that's good, yeah. and that kind of reverberates to the rest of the state too, right? Right. Uh, if we're if local two is out and about and passing legislation, it all trickles down to smaller locals too. Uh, in 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 majority of the cases, you know, some of the a lot of the legislations though because of home rule. Uh, has to do with us specifically, but um, you know, you set the precedent, and now the smaller locals can, you know, hopefully pass legislation like them, or Absolutely. like like local two does. Absolutely, and that's why we're here too. It's not just for us and passing our stuff, but obviously we want to help. And we showing force in numbers really makes a point for people down here in the legislature. Absolutely, and we're so in force. I mean, what's a combined weight at this table right now? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't think anybody skipped a cheeseburger at lunch, did We'd they? We'd struggle in an elevator. <laughs> or the elevator would struggle, that's yes. for sure. The elevator did, it groaned on the way up today. So, uh, Marty, how did you get started with unionism and getting involved in the union? Oh, my, my dad was on strike in 1980, so oh. I remember... This goes all the way back to the early 1900s, <laughs> let's face it, right? Yeah. With me? Yes, you've been in the making since, right, 19... 19- 14? <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> yeah. No, my old man was a union man, and he, he wasn't active, say, in Local 2, but he always preached that strength in numbers, strength in unity. He went out on strike in 1980. I, uh, I was nine. I watched what those guys did, saw the news, and uh, was always pro-union. So I've, always, I've known it since I was a little kid. I know what those guys did for us. And we need to get that out. That's another bill, is the history bill. city says they do a good job. I beg to differ. We need to get it out there. We have young guys on this job who don't remember Michael Jordan or the Bears, the 85 Bears, let alone the strike. 
And, you know, a lot of them don't come from union homes anymore. Sure. You know, there's so many guys that just don't know anything about what a union does. Hey, what, where do my dues go? What am I doing? We need to educate them, you know. And these guys, we have five-man companies. We have the benefits we do because those guys stood outside in February and March 1980 for 23 days under threat of being fired. Pat's dad was threatened. My dad was threatened. And they stood their ground. And it's the only reason we have what we have today. We don't have the best. It's not the best contract in the world, but nationwide, we are the, we're one of the templates that everyone uses. And that's, that's awesome. And it has a lot to say with the work uh, that Local 2 and the executive board and everybody puts into creating those contracts uh, and uh, making sure that, uh, you know, the members are taken care of. Yeah. Uh, you, you got, Bill's got 25 years. I got 22. Pat's got 12. And we were all brought up by, some of them are still around, but a lot of them are retired now. But Jim Tracy was, you know, a steward. Uh, BA, now he's the president. Murph was a steward. I was a steward. We all, and the three of us all worked for contract enforcement before we got on the board here. You know, and that was Mike Buckus came in the, into the office. He brought these two along. I became the chief steward. And, uh, you know, get your hands dirty. We jumped right in. We jumped right in. The very first case that we took on, on the advice of Bill Murphy, was to get a medic who had been lost in the pile of grievances. He had been fired. And we got him his job back. I think it was the guy, right? Oh, no, that was, yeah. No, Mark no, was, no that yeah, was, yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had a gentleman. Yeah. We got, a, we got a, jo a guy's job back. He, he had just fallen through the cracks. Brought it to contract enforcement. We brought it to the city. He's been back. He's recently promoted. Recently yes. promoted. <laughs> I mean, that's like truly your union dues at work there. Yeah. You know, getting your job back after after something happens. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And, and it's it's continued. I mean, it's exciting. We, we get all these contract proposals now uh, with technology and Pat's been doing great with all this technology. And we get all these contract proposal, uh, proposals. And the number one, one of the number one things is, is testing. We've already talked about that. And EMS issues. But at least they're sending this stuff in. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd love to see 200 guys at a meeting. Maybe someday, but guys are at least sending in their... I hate to correct you, but I, I think num testing was number two. I think marijuana yeah. was number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of I've been, I, yeah, I've heard, I've heard that rumor. Marijuana is number one. You're no doubt. <laughs> puff, puff, pass. You know, you know, and then... Again, now we got a new generation coming up. Steve, you're one of them, and and we got a bunch of young stewards now that are coming up, and it's exciting because we are be we're being so successful lately. Well, I got I got I got good mentors that take me under my wing and show me things, you know. So uh, that's that's always good and, and helpful. Who? <laughs> I look at. Let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, I, I have Speak a for yourself, I have Murphy. a I have a BA that answers his phone all the time too, which is very helpful. So. Uh, Pat, you started out as a steward, or? I did, so I, I started out as a steward. In fact, how I got into it was, like Marty said, my motivation is my father. He went on strike in 1980 to get what we got today. Uh, you, you know, and those guys were making, what, $13,000. The rigs were all, you know, shite. They protected the Manning, so uh, that's my motivation. So I actually how I kind of fell into it was, as a candidate, I showed up at a union meeting, and I was a guy that nobody knew. 
Okay. And came, the, the old guys came up to me and said, hey, who are you? I go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm Pat Quan, you know, whatever. And they said, well, man, you're, it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm a candidate, whatever, and, and that's how it is. And, and Quintavalli came up and says, I'm appointing you to the EMS committee. So I was appointed to the EMS committee, and then they, once I got appointed there, they're like, well, we have an open steward spot in the 7th and 8th district. Would you do that? Did that. And so I spent about seven or eight years as a steward and, and, and chairman of the EMS committee. And uh, I th- like Murphy will say, Murphy and Doherty will say, it's probably easier to tell you what committee I'm not on versus, <laughs> you know, what committees I am on. But I just took an active role and, and uh, eventually worked my way up the ladder. And here I sit now as your director of public relations. And the three of you guys were, are heavily involved in contract enforcement. Uh, how do you see that driving uh, where you're at now? Yeah, in a union position. That's the nuts and bolts of what we, do, you know, what this job, or, you know, what the union does for us is it comes out of the contract enforcement office. So absolutely, be, having that experience behind us and, and kind of being that uh, that renaissance man, you know, Jack, you know, having, having, having encompassing everything has uh, definitely helped. I can speak for myself, but I'm sure the other guys will will agree with that too. Well, and I, the thing I will say is, when you're in an office, we shared an office. Um, what was the name of, of that office? Four of us in the office, and we bounce it off each other. Bill will say, hey, I got this going on. Pat will say that. I'll say that. What do you guys think? Pat, uh, Bill's got a legal background. You name a degree or a certificate, Quan's got it, you know. So I'm the some college guy, you know. But we bounce everything off of each other, and then we, we take uh, some of this stuff to... Uh, guys like Cody. Cody's been around 30, 35 years. Tracy, I mean, how do you read this kind? How do you read this paragraph? What do you think this sentence says? That's how it is, and we and we look at it f- four different ways, and we'll and we go from there, you know. And then Buckus is the spearhead. <laughs> we call him the spearhead. Tip of the spear. Yeah, yeah. tip of the spear. And we and we and we we handle problems like that. So I, I always said. Uh, uh, Back uh, when you were the chief steward, Marty, you like gave like the first 30, 40 minutes to Mike Buckus. He he, he was uh, he was a seat filler. He he brought guys in the seats, and then you just let them go. But it was it was important because guys wanted to know you know somebody gets in trouble or something happens, and he kind of I mean he gave you a whole bunch of information just from what was going on in contract enforcement and grievances and blah, 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 blah. And you wanted to know because guys wanted to know, hey, what happened to so-and-so? How's he doing? Are we getting him out of, what, out of his jam? And, and, and uh, it, it was great information. It was awesome information. And you could always go back and reference it to your contract to see what, you know, how, how, how this played out. In a, as a steward, I know that we've talked about this, the three of us. I've always enjoyed or appreciated executive board members attending steward meetings because a lot of times that's the only time we're able to get that information in more of a one-on-one basis. Makes you know? sense, yeah. Well, yeah. and we had, I, I've been doing this 17, maybe 18 years, and we've had really good chief stewards. The three that I served under, good teachers, um, uh, always there for uh, to answer your questions. Uh, but it was Mike. Mike was Chief Stewart just before me, and he, his big thing was he invited the board to every meeting. So he said, I sent him an email. Here's the dates. Come by. See your stewards. Um, 
and he was the first one that led the charge, and he would he get, he got some of them to show up here and there. And then when Mike came in, he goes, Marty, I will be at those meetings. Jim Tracy says, I will be at those meetings. So I did it when I was doing it. I always sent out an invite, and you'd get guys in there. And I'm telling you now, uh, you get four or five board members at every meeting, though. Yeah. So how is that? I mean, that's it only helps. Right. It's, it it's only awesome. Helps. And as Marty says, the stewards are the backbone of our union. And uh, they, they're, the first, they're the first line around on the front lines there for us. So uh, the more we can inform them, the, the better informed our membership will be. Awesome. Uh, anything else you guys got? I just got a text. I don't know if you guys read it, but Lisa Hernandez, Senator Lisa Hernandez, just co-sponsored one of our bills. She was at dinner with us last night. So. Oh, awesome. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, that's what uh, this uh, whole week is about, right? Things are still pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Um, are you, Anything you guys are looking forward to in the next couple days? Well, Quan, what, lunch? Yeah, look. <laughs> well, <laughs> what's for dinner? dinner? Actually, I heard there's a continental, continental breakfast tomorrow. That's uh, exciting news for me since I had to go out to breakfast today. Uh, but, uh, no, definitely uh, some very informative sessions coming up uh, in the next couple of days here. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing some of that and, you know, listen, yeah. listening to all of Jerry Marzullo's jokes again. Yeah. Again. 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 And again. And again. Yeah. And, Steve, I'd like to thank you for what you do. Yeah. Yes, yeah, what do I what do I do? These podcasts, <laughs> these podcasts are great. Yeah. Well, you know it. Uh, it this is all the uh, Luke Howison, you know, uh, at AFFI VP at large. He he came up with the idea of doing a a union podcast. He had listened to uh, the podcast that we do, and said, "Do you think there would be interest in this?" And this was all at a um, we were knocking on doors for the Bensonville referendum. Uh, and uh, sat down and had a, had a beer with him, and uh, we got to talking, and uh, you know, and uh, he came up with the idea of doing one for the union, and so him and Jerry Marzullo have been uh, uh, hosting the podcast, and they're very informative, and uh, yeah, hopefully it continue uh, moving forward with those, Absolutely. and that's and that's why we're here to to record with everybody that's that's coming in and around, and who's interested in sitting down and saying hi. Yeah. So. And after the last year. This is great. It's great seeing. Oh, this is too. yeah. This is yeah. awesome. Being able to, to yeah, I'm get done out. with Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't want to take up any more of your guys' time, uh, but we are asking everybody, what's your favorite restaurant in Springfield? Ooh, that's a good question. I haven't hit many. Places. We haven't hit. Uh, Sinorski keeps bringing us back to Saputo's. I don't know what's going on there. He must. He must have some sort of stock. He's getting a kickback or something from him or something. <laughs> no, where was the place um, we had the. Uh, I told them I told them the gas and sip had a good bean burrito, <laughs> and that was right up my alley. So yeah. I, I, wherever we were last time, we had that steak dinner. I forget where it was. You got you Saputo's. Went, no, it was another place. Oh, yeah, that's over there, uh, right near the Capitol Building. What yeah. was it called? Not Chesapeake, was it? No, no, right over here. I don't think I got invited to the steak dinner. You were there. You, you ate half the there. table. You were eating everyone's <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, enjoy. Uh, I think Sinorski is going to be buddy. coming up at the end of the. Oh, uh, we can't oh, miss that. Yeah, yeah we can't, can't miss that. that yeah. he'll, cr- he'll really cry. So we'll get Fran a nice Hurley nap in before. Go. Yeah, we got Senator uh, Rep, State Rep Fran Hurley. There you uh, go. Here too, yeah. Snapping pictures of us as we're talking. <laughs> well, I'll definitely let you guys go. Yeah. All, right, All right, Steve. Thank care. you. Thanks, Steve. Well, Corey, we're sitting down with Miss Florida. 2013. Right, as opposed to Mr. Mr. Northwest Side of Chicago, 2021, Steve. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know those firefighter calendars. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, 
Nobody wants you've, me on a firefighter seen, calendar. Especially the after this those. place has to offer. <laughs> it ain't great. Hey, big boys need love too. That's all fair, right, that's all right. <laughs> so we're lucky enough to be sitting down from, um, well, you know what, I'll let you introduce yourself. Absolutely. So my name is Miranda Jones. I'm the Community Outreach Director for the IFF Center of Excellence located in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Oh. And I mean, speaking of Center of Excellence, after the last couple of days, I mean, You've, today was the perfect day for you to do your introduction. I, I heard a little bit of it. I apologize. I didn't hear the whole thing. But um, is there a way you can give us some background on what your organization does with us? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a partnership between Advanced Recovery Systems and the IFF. So uh, Advanced Recovery Systems is a large behavioral health care company that owns and operates 11 general population treatment programs across oh. the country. Uh, but we really wanted to... Uh, bring this idea of demographic specific treatment to the fire service. So we partnered with the IFF and so our 64 bed treatment facility uh, is in direct partnership with the international. And so only IFF union members have this benefit and are able to come and seek treatment with us at the center of excellence. And kind of what that means is you're gonna walk on campus and you're gonna be surrounded by that brotherhood, that sisterhood that is the IFF while you're dealing with some of your deepest, darkest secrets as well. Yeah, I mean, especially after the last couple of days, like there's, you know, and, and a lot of us, I'm sure, make, you know, make joke of it. But like, again, there's a lot of guys with serious problems and there's a lot of problems that are not a lot of problems, but there's a lot of a lot of stuff that guys have going on, not only on the job, but off the job where they may not be as, as open and looking, uh, looking for help like this, which is awesome that you're bringing it to light. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I say this all the time. The fire service, the IFF, has ruined my idea of uh, social drinking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys take that very seriously. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah. But, you know, all jokes aside, it is an issue that's plaguing not just the fire service, but our country in general. And being able to offer a service where you do understand that, you know, being having culturally relevant clinicians on staff, you know, having people that understand what you do, what you do day in, day out, and what that family piece looks like at home. I mean, most people, myself included, will never work in a shift style job. Um, And that builds a family, that builds a relationship that's unlike uh, most people's relationship with their coworkers. And so you guys can be your, you know, each other's biggest helps, but also your biggest enablers as well, you know, and and, and being able to uh, really recognize that and kind of leverage that is when one of your own is hurting, you guys can, you know, more times than not step up to the plate and always step in and help. And that's been huge for us. So uh, let's say I'm a a local president, union steward, uh, what have you. How am I going to get my guy or my girl who's got this problem, how am I going to get them to you and your in, in, in the IAFF Center of Excellence? Absolutely. So there's a phone number, and I'm going to give you two. Uh, so our we operate a 24-7 call center. One of the cool things about our program is that we actually have two uh, former fire service members themselves, uh, former union members, also in recovery, that take all of your members' phone calls. Oh, that's so awesome. It, it just adds that layer of comfortable to an already uncomfortable situation, yeah. like asking for help. Abs- absolutely, because it, I don't want to talk to somebody who doesn't do what we do for a living when it comes to something that I got going on in my personal life because you don't know right you know mm-hmm. you haven't and not to be cliche about it or whatever but you haven't seen the things that I've seen you haven't 
you don't work the the 24 hour 48 you know 24 hour 48 off not sleeping at night you like yeah so i yeah, want picking somebody up the phone and talking to someone that used to work at facebook you know that's 22 years old <laughs> right, not right, the, right 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 uh, and that's really where um our team steps in and kind of fills that gap so that uh, that phone number is 844-439-8445 again 844-439-8445 Four or five, and then uh, I'm also here as a resource. So, like I said, Miranda Jones, save it in your cell phone. I feel like half of the country has got my cell phone number saved as rehab girl that they met, at, you know, <laughs> that they met at the convention. Um, but my direct phone number is three five two five three eight zero three seven seven. Again, three five two five three eight zero three seven seven. And that's really the first step, making that phone call. Um, I'll say I get texts, I get phone calls all the time from members that are sitting there with their guy across the table saying, we're making this first step, we're making this phone call, what do we do next? Uh, basically what'll happen is we'll go through a full series of questions, uh, we'll run insurance verification, make sure that the member has got coverage under their insurance, uh, and then we'll do this full series of questions, we call it our pre-assessment, we get a really good understanding of what the members struggling with at that moment uh, and then we look at you know how quickly can they get in are they wanting to get in you know in a few hours they want to jump on an airplane today or do they have a few things at home that they need to kind of button up before they're coming to us either way is perfectly fine we do 24-hour admissions on campus we're here to make sure that the member gets help as quickly as they want to be able to get help that's amazing yeah how flexible and accommodating that you guys can be it's, it's incredible so what kind of issues are you dealing with at the center of excellence yeah so so one of the cool things about our program is that we are duly licensed. So we operate both a primary mental health and a primary substance abuse license at the center. I think a lot of times people can think of us as we only do PTSD or we're just a rehab facility uh, and they're not seeing that crossover. We are a full umbrella. Uh, just about everything underneath that behavioral health uh, spectrum. So we see a ton of PTSD, a ton of alcohol abuse. Uh, we see a lot of opiate abuse. We see a ton of anxiety, depression, social anxiety. We see OCD. If you're thinking to yourself out there, you've never had an argument over how a dishwasher is supposed to be loaded. Trust me, we Toi got some e OCD out there. Right, toilet, toilet paper, paper, which way the roll yeah. goes, uh, I promise. Uh, we, we see it all. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really starting to look at myself here. I'm getting a little worried about <laughs> These are all hitting very close to home. Um, yeah, it, yeah, and, and again, it, just going back to what you're saying, it's it's awesome that you guys have, have that ability because of how much overlap it seems like there is between all these different issues. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's such an onion. Like, I don't think most people wake up in the morning and say, you know what, today I'm going to be an alcoholic. Right. Something has happened traumatic in their past, in their jobs. Some outlying reason is why this is what they're actively choosing to not feel pain any longer. Um, and that's really what we're so great about. You know, you're there with us for an average of 30 to 45 days. That's a good amount of time to get a good head start on peeling back those layers to really figuring out what that root cause for your behaviors are. And is there is there follow-up? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shoot, yes. 18 <laughs> months of it. Uh, so, you know, 
after a member is on campus with us, um, they go back to you all. You know, they're going back to their stations, they're going back to their families. Uh, we want to make sure that members feel encouraged and supported with the resources there at home uh, because we can't be everywhere all at once. Uh, but making sure that we identify vetted clinicians who are culturally competent, that understand the fire service, understand what we've done, you know, for the past month, month and a half at the center and are able to continue that work is valuable. Uh, so one of my coworkers, Molly Jones, she's our clinical care coordinator. Uh, her sole job is vetting clinicians in every single state across the country and identifying those people who are spouses, who are family members, you know, who understand the fire service and have a heart to give back to this demographic. Uh, so we set up every single member with primary care, uh, psychiatry if they need it, and outpatient clinician appointments when they return home. We also give them a list of resources uh, like AA meetings, NA meetings, smart recovery meetings. We also host our own three times a week that are fire service specific. Um, and so being able to give resources is vital for their well-being and that longevity of their recovery journey. Uh, one of the other things that we do is we reach out on a monthly basis for 18 months. So one to six months, we reach out every month. Then again, at nine months, at 12 months, at 15 months, and at 18 months to just continue that conversation to ensure that they're staying actively involved in their road to recovery. Do you feel like follow-up, uh, like you guys get a, a lot of uh, squash some issues early just from follow-up in those regards? Absolutely. You know, I think... Uh, relapse is a huge part of a lot of people's journey and so for our clients that are substance abuse users uh, making sure that that line of communication is open and consistent is imperative because it's okay if somebody falls off the horse we just want to make sure that they've got the resources they're readily available and they're not being told well I can't see you for another three months that's not helpful to anyone and so making sure that they've got immediate resources is why we keep that line of communication open is this benefit only for active members or can retirees get involved in this program if they find themselves in trouble after they've left the department? Absolutely, of course. Uh, so both active members, active retired members, retired members, and kind of the gray area is if someone promotes up and out of the union as well, we reach out to the union, make sure they haven't turned around and given a big middle finger to the union, right. you know, obviously. But we want to make sure that this is an IFF benefit for active and retired members. Um, and so absolutely, you know, the retirement transition from being a firefighter and having, you know, an immense level of purpose to next day you're back at home with a spouse that you haven't seen every single day of every single week for the last you know who, who knows how long well, the, the, years. the spouse might need some, <laughs> like you know it's like yeah you know about sometimes my wife's looking at me like when do you go back to work mm -hmm. like she gets she gets that break from her maniac husband every third day you <laughs> exactly know? exactly right. she, she might be reaching out to you <laughs> it wouldn't be the first spouse and it won't be the last uh, but you know we we see a lot of people reach out you know kids we've got a lot of different resources to be able to get people plugged into resources all across the country that's incredible. I mean, this sounds, I, I've, I've talked to people before from recovery centers or from whatever. You guys and girls over there really seem like you're on point. Like, taking this serious, this is not a joke, and you're not just coming here for 30 days. We're with you in this journey yeah. you know, moving after. Hopefully even till after the end. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think of our alumni. I, I have to... I guess I'll go back for two seconds. I have to give it up to our staff. Uh, our staff 
is just incredible. They've got a heart to do it. Um, you know, it, we've got people, our medical director, Dr. Abby Morris, she started this as, um, as a psychiatrist that was partnered with uh, one of the local counties PD response team. And that was really how she got involved and realized, you know, this is a lot bigger than myself and we can make this something that is amazing. Um, she speaks at, I feel like, Alts and Redmond just about every year. So she, she's got fantastic grasp on, on, you know, just the the why of why we do this. Um, you know, our executive director, Mark Radigan, he is 23 years retired Army, ran Walter Reed's Behavioral Health Department, um, and is now over with us. Like, he's just, he's great. He's a no shit kind of guy. Is like, this is what you're here for, and we're here to make this the best experience as possible. And, and that's what, when it comes to stuff like this, that's what firemen need. Right. Mm -hmm. Firemen need the no shit kind of guy. <laughs> right. I don't want to hear it. I don't, you know, like, you know, guy, uh, you know, like, no, that's what firemen need, mm -hmm. especially right. when it comes to something like this. And, and not to mention that they are subject matter experts in their field, absolutely. which is, you know, right. you can't get better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's been awesome. You know, one of the other things is just the alumni aspect of this. Like, there's a secret Facebook page that exists out there for all COE alumni, and that connection is huge. You know, we'll get people post Facebook or tag us and stuff, and it's like three different people that never would have known each other outside of maybe bumping into each other at a bar, you know, at a big <laughs> convention that are going on a fishing trip together or in recovery together. You've got someone, you know, you've got a support network in just about every single state for the rest of your life that you can pick up the phone and text when you're having a bad day, when you're thinking about, you know, relapsing, all of those things. There's not just our professional network, you know, of long-term that we're doing, but also that brotherhood, that sisterhood that is the peer network, the peer network you know, it, it's a, it plays a huge role. I mean, I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think listen, a, lot, a lot of the membership probably doesn't even know about this. Yeah. So I'm super it's, happy that you're able to bring some light to this. Absolutely. Um, Four and a half years, we've treated uh, just under 1,700 members. Wow. Yeah. So, and there's more out there. You know, yeah. that, that's, that's the thing that we really want people to know is that we're here as a resource, whether it's on outpatient level, inpatient level. We want to be that one-stop shop. When you've got someone that's struggling, pick up the phone and call. That's awesome. I mean, Randy, we can't, I can't thank you enough. I really hope that you didn't make a huge mistake by putting your cell phone on this thing. Um, well, let's, again. let's, hold on. Oh, okay. Miss Florida 2013. How did that go down? Uh, let's see. I grew up in a family that was pretty honest with me that I wasn't going to college unless I figured out a, pay, a way to pay for it. And oh, fair uh, enough, I fair decided enough. to compete in pageants, uh, yeah. Miss America organization, largest scholarship uh, foundation for women, and so $64,000 later, here I am. Wow. Yep. Talking to two idiot firemen yeah. on their podcast. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, we're like, uh, you know, can you put the headphones on? She's like, yeah, stupid. I know how to do this. <laughs> I got fair enough. Oh, okay, no, I get cool. it. I mean, so. it's kind of just a side thing. No big deal. It's a side Well, we can't thank you enough for coming over yeah. and talking to us. I know, I mean, guys are over at your table going crazy with all that awesome information that you have. And uh, we appreciate what you do. We appreciate what uh, what the Center of Excellence is doing. And I'm blown away by 
by the, all of it. Just so. one more resource, one yeah. more tool in the toolbox. Absolutely, and one kind of plug, I, I learned about this earlier. Um, the AFFI actually has benevolent fund that they're utilizing funds now for members to be able to seek treatment at the center. So to ho- offset wow. any kind of deductible costs, any kind of travel costs, you know, flights from here to Maryland can get expensive depending on what time of year, yeah. depending on next day flights, same day flights, sure. right. things like that. The AFFI has uh, funds to be able to request through your uh, district vice president to be able to utilize. Uh, you know what? Before I let you go, <clears throat> my voice is cracking. <laughs> He's nervous. Uh, He's all excited. <laughs> has the pandemic affected how the Center of Excellence is doing what they're doing? Uh, I will say, I don't want to say affected, it has definitely shifted throughout the past year. Uh, There was a period of time that we weren't accepting clients uh, via mass transit. Uh, There was a period of time that we limited how many beds we had available on campus, and that kind of caused um, an influx of people calling in, not being able to get immediate bed availability. Uh, But I'm happy to say about two weeks ago, we re-raised our bed limit. Uh, So we're back almost to that 64 beds. We're sitting at 56, and so we've got beds available immediately. Uh, And anyone coming in, you know, just kind of not to get too deep into COVID side of things, but anyone coming in from mass transit uh, does need to be vaccinated vaccinated, but you do not have to be vaccinated to come to the center. So if someone doesn't want to get vaccinated and wants to jump in the car and drive to us, no worries. That's perfectly fine. So it definitely has shifted. We've seen a big uptick of people reaching out to us overall, um, whether that's for local resources or for coming to us. And so that's what we want to be able to do is no matter where you're at in the country, we want to be able to find you a good vetted resource. That's awesome. Um, and then, I'm sorry, just one more time. Mm-hmm. Can we just talk, uh, do we have a website? And do you mind throwing out those phone numbers again? Just for Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So please visit our website. We've got a lot of really cool things uh, that we're doing. We do uh, free monthly webinars. We do, do three every single month on a variety of behavioral health topics. We just did one about the you know transition from retirement and how you keep your mental health uh, overall at a high level when you're making that transition. We've done family relationships, things like that in the background. Uh, but our website is www.iaffrecoverycenter.com. And then as far as our uh, 800 number, our 800 number to uh, reach out to is 844-439-8445. And then my personal cell phone number is 352-538-0377. Awesome. Thank you so much. Again, Absolutely. we won't take up any more of your time. <laughs> I, I appreciate you guys doing this. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. I'm not scared. Uh, okay, day day two. Day two. Day two. Uh, I walked into the elevator. Yes. Saw a man who I presumed was my fr- very good friend, Mike Loretto. That's me. And I said, whatever happened last night, this is all your fault. And that man turned around and looked at me and said, I don't know you. <laughs> so it- I turned around and I came down to the conference center. Yeah. <laughs> I went the opposite direction. <laughs> to, fi- to find Mike Loretto, he was already at the table, not the man in the suit that I thought was him. So uh, we started great off great. Segue. Great segue. Great segue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Mike Loretto. Yep, that's me. President. President Berwyn Firefighters Local 506. And? And uh, Associated Firefighters of Illinois, District Trustee, Northern District Trustee, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it was a late night, sorry. Very good. And so, Mike, how long have you been the local president? 
So I became president in 2016. So I've been doing it for a while now. Um, Here's a little fun history fact. I am the second uh, guy to win by election. Okay. So the rest of them have been appointed. I am the second one in history in Berwyn's 80 years to win by an election. I can't believe that many people yes. like you. Y- yes. Especially people you work with. You would think tw- by knowing me longer, you would not want I'm not this voting happen. for that yeah, guy. Th- there's no way. I always say, like, no matter where you are, you can hear Mike. That's correct. Every <laughs> Everywhere I go, I'm there. Even if I'm not, I'm still there. I'm still there with you. <laughs> They're in spirit. So I, I usually <laughs> ask, like, you know, uh, the guests that have been coming on and sitting down with us, like, you know, hey, what got you involved in union yeah. stuff? But you're a Berwyn guy. Yeah. So you're involved in union stuff the day you get on the job over there. That is correct. The second you walk in, it's not indoctrination. I don't want to even call it something like that. But you feel, when you walk in, you feel the strength of 506 and you know that everyone there means business and it's a, it's a rich history. It's 80 years deep. Um, again, it's passing it on, passing on the history, passing on the knowledge did not hurt that my dad was there for 30 years right, right. and uh, <laughs> made sure he told me two things. He goes, uh, be a damn good firefighter and get involved in the union. That was, that was his two words of, or his two things of advice when I walked in the door. That's there. literally two pieces of advice that every fireman I, I still tell in the country. Besides paying dues on time, just be, God damn it, just be a good union yeah. member. That's all I ask. <laughs> be good at your job and, and be a good union and member. And thank God we have automatic deductions for union dues because you imagine that shit show if you didn't have that. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, some guys, these guys come up with excuses with the food club, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, my, my kid took $20 or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we're like, all right, you didn't know you were at work the third day? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. Uh, can we stop at ATM? No. No. No, we're no, not no, doing no. that. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just to get 20 bucks on, I have a third, $3 surcharge. It's even more. No, thank you. <laughs> so, like, uh, knowing the Berwyn guys, I, I like I knew you guys were, like, big union supporters, yeah. like, collectively. Like, I'm not saying that, like, other locals are not, you know, big union guys, but it just collectively as a group, you guys always stuck together. There weren't many guys that, you know, were on the wayward or anything. But then I saw a bunch of your guys in those pension commercials. Yes. Uh, the What was it? The We Are One campaign. Yeah. When they were and I was that. like. Yeah. Tommy oh, Hayes. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy Hayes, Hayes. Yeah. and a couple of the other guys that, that were in there. I was like, oh, man, like, that's cool. Like, <laughs> this, this always goes back to what I bring up all the time. If you have a strong relationship with the politics in your town and you have a strong relationship with management, I'm very fortunate where I come from, Berwyn, and it's everyone, 80 members pay union dues and pay fire pack with that i have the chiefs they still pay dues they don't forget where they come from they're very active in our union they show up to everything they're at every event with us we're just one team we that i think that's the difference between berwin and everyone else is the camaraderie from the top down so my chief is my former union president my assistant chief is my former secretary treasurer yeah it's a winning combination if you get if you if you guys can realize, if we build these relationships, build this trust, you will be looked at as the city that people go to and look at and go, wow, look at how strong Berwyn is. Look, it took them 18 hours to do a contract. My God, <laughs> like, how is, that, you know, how is that even possible, you know? So I think we, we have, like, a blueprint for and – and, again, there's no such thing as an original union idea, right? It's just stolen ideas from right. our locals, right? So I keep telling guys, 
keep asking questions. I still do it to this day. I still go to locals where I ask tons of questions. I want information. I want to make our contract and make our you know, way of life better. So it, the other thing, too, is and I think this is another thing. Don't get stale. Like, keep, try, keep digging. Try to find more information. If you're a union president and you're uh, a, a board member, Keep asking questions. Don't act like you know everything. Go, ask other locals no, tons no, of questions. Nobody can know everything. No, no. Again, you would never think you have something in common like, like Ricky over there from Riverdale. You might think there's nothing we have in common. There's no way he's going to be able to help me. And he may have a piece of information in the contract that would, you know, be awesome wording in your contract to save somebody or help somebody or, or, out. Or he's gone through some sort of, like, weird discipline yeah. thing. And all of a sudden you're like, okay, how can I implement that? Exactly. You know? Like, that's the whole thing. Just share ideas and steal ideas. That's all it is. <laughs> share and steal. That's all. <laughs> so, so your uh, local 506 president, what got you involved at the level that you're at now with the state? Well, so that was, uh, I never thought I was going to be president of local 506. I made it in eight years, which still to me blows my mind because usually on that younger guy's being president. I think Tommy Hayes was the, the, the next youngest president when he made it. Um, I was, I did not want to run for AFI Northern District Trustee. People were calling me saying, I think you'd be good at this. I think this is something you should do. And I'm not one of these guys that I, I do, uh, I, I think I'm pretty good at self-promoting, but uh, I also don't like doing it. I, this might be a shock to some people. I, I'm not good talking in front of a microphone. I'm not good talking in front of crowds. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of nervous about all that. Now, you would have tricked me when you said last night. That's you talking, were very good talking. talking in large groups <laughs> in a very loud setting where I feel comfortable. That's my chaos, and I love it. That's what I love. But being uh, being like a guy who's standing out in a position, uh, it was kind of weird for me. But, again, when I committed to it, I ran for it. Um, I, now I love it. Now I work with Bill Hall. I work with uh, Clayton Madsen. We have a great time, uh, and you know we're taking classes. We're learning our jobs. We're 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 putting the effort in, and uh, I'm glad I ran for it. I'm glad I did it, and I love it now. So, so uh, what did you like so far uh, in the convention, or what did you like so far with the convention? The, the convention that we just had, the AFI one, yeah. the, with the virtual. Yes. Uh, I liked it when it was done. <laughs> so I'm a big uh, meet in person guy. This is my bread and butter is coming to these things and talking to everyone and hanging out and stuff. Uh, being there, um, it just didn't feel the same. And I, uh, I, I, I kind of wanted to be there in person to get sworn in in front of everybody. Uh, my dad was going to come, you know, 30 years on Berwyn. Big Tony Loretto was going to be there and be my, you know, none of that happened. Uh, so I'm not going to say I felt like we got robbed, but I feel like, uh, the next convention is going to mean more to us being there because, again, we never even got to experience. This is our first event that we're doing since COVID. So since the caucus, I have not been at any live event doing anything with my job. <laughs> it's been a crazy year. It, it, it's more than a year now. Absolutely insane. And, like, uh, poor Clayton, you know, poor Clayton gets in and he's just thrown in. We didn't even have training for him or anything like that because he just got <laughs> sort of, yeah, I'm brand new. Yeah, Clayton. I mean, so we took classes and we started learning the job. So that's what we started doing. What what excites you about the future of AFFI moving forward? I'm a, the, the one thing I noticed, and I'm sure everyone knows this is around here, is the youth coming out right now. I, when we had the last, uh, the, the convention where uh, Luke made president or vice president, when they asked the show of hands, how many people is this your first time coming? And three quarters of the room raised their hands, and it was all young guys and girls. I thought it was awesome. I was like, "This is this is what I wanted to see from our state association. I want to see the young guys stepping up, 
coming out, learning, asking questions, meeting with people, connecting. Uh, that's what it's all about. It's about networking and meeting people. Like I said, steal ideas. I'm going to say it again. Just keep stealing. <laughs> and, uh, you guys have, uh, going back to Berwyn, you guys have a great working relationship with your mayor. Yes. The uh, most labor-friendly mayor in the state of Illinois. And so you guys really go out and knock on doors. Yes. And do a lot of grunt work yeah. for your elected officials that vote on your issues and hold your issues to heart and what would you say to folks that are just like I don't have time to do that yeah I, I, I hear that all the time I hate politics right we hear right. that all the time I hate politics okay I, I use the Ric Flair line all the time you don't have to like it learn to love it it's part of your job <laughs> it, it, I said it until elected officials stop uh, discussing your future in the fire service and stop making decisions of your job then don't be involved but until then, I don't see this going away. I think, I'm pretty sure elected officials are still going to make decisions when it comes to the fire service. I mean, they employ us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want that new truck? You know, they got to vote on some things, you know. So, so my, my argument is this. The least that you could do is, is sign up for a fire pack and, and help out that way, right? So I got guys that brag about gym memberships more than they brag about, you know, paying into their own career and their future, right? So, so I, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. fire pack. Yes. We got guys by us and in other places like, look, I pay my union dues. Why do I got to pay into the fire pack, too? Because it's illegal to take your dues and use it for political political things. Um, That's number one, probably the most important one. Uh, Number two, you're not asking for much. There's six different levels on there to choose from. And uh, we all make pretty good money. I I can run the comparables and see what other towns are making and see how much money they make. When you ask for $28 a paycheck, like we do. So one thing I like to brag about in Berwyn is 100% in the fire pack, Chiefs down. I have 46 members paying top dollar for fire pack out of 80. The rest, I have a, probably about 20 of them paying 19. The rest are paying, on average, $7.70. So when they first get in, they pay $7.70. Like I said, you're paying not just for supporting a candidate who supports you, your your agenda, your retirement, your benefits, and your health care and uh, your pay, but you're also helping with legislation uh, committees and teams. Like they were talking uh, at the last convention, I remember them bringing up uh, they wanted to get uh, Medicare at the age of 55 yeah. for public safety officials. God damn, that sounds like somebody I wouldn't mind investing in. Uh, right, right. I'll throw a couple bucks at that. You know, <laughs> like that sounds fantastic. So again. I tell you guys all the time, I don't care if you have a D or an R or an I next to your name. As long as you support us, you got my support. I, I don't care about your political affiliation. I, I wish our members can look past that, you know. I, you have President Joe Biden mention union how many times in his speech. Right. You know, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> I'm really getting him to run for his money. Corey, you look like you're in rough shape. Do what? Yeah. Corey, the haircut. Corey, what time did you... Dude, I got home before you guys did. I'm actually and, feeling look, pretty good. Look, that's not even fair. Everyone got home before yeah. we did last night. <laughs> you, I just, I remember at one point, every time I passed you, I tried to unbutton another my button. Shirt. Yes. That was my thing with Which you. Which a lot of men were doing last night at the... I'm, I, I'm not, I have a lot of regrets about last night. Don't regret That's not one no. of them. God, no. 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 Never say you're sorry. <laughs> so I uh, feel that it, this is an appropriate time to bring this up, but... <clears throat> Jerry Marzullo. Yeah. He's about to go on stage and speak. Yeah. Yeah. 
how come he hates professional wrestling so much? He uses the F word a lot. Uh, yeah, I, it's forbidden. I don't want to even say it. He uses the word fake. And I keep, I got to remind him all the time. It's choreographed sports. The guys still take pumps. They still get hurt. It's still, everything is still there. And also Jerry's fat. <laughs> He's that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah, well, sorry. on that note, uh, yeah, I've been do, asking, do I've not been... edit that out. Do not. He, yes, he tears yes. me apart enough on those AFI podcasts. Do not edit that out. Well, you know, I thought uh, him and uh, Luke were going to be uh, helping out a little more uh, with the podcast. Right. Their podcast. But, yeah. You mean? Uh, but hey, you know, Chicago's Radio Stories, we're, we're always willing to co host. Oh, my God. I would love the collaboration. Kick down the forbidden <laughs> wall. Let's do it. Uh, I've been asking everybody. Yeah. Favorite restaurant in Springfield? <laughs> I know the answer Gee, I'm not looking for. My God, there's so many to choose from. Uh, let's <laughs> I liked leaving uh, Saputo's the other night. I liked leaving there. I, uh, I, I, I liked Steve leaving Steve also got Hardee's this morning. Last, that yeah, wasn't bad. Yeah, yeah. Lo- local well, Springfield Hardee's. I, I did hear a, a story about someone ordering 100 breakfast sandwiches this morning. Not a hundred. You should have. A hundred dollars worth. That's pretty accurate. I, it, yeah. both, both are pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't like you. So, when he walked in with this, I'm like, I'm like, did you get that last night? He's like, no, I ordered it last night. I'm like, wait, I, I love the follow through. I love like the, the pre-planning on it. Like, okay, like tomorrow's going to be a nightmare. Let's get this party going. Well, I right completely now. forgot about it, and then my phone's blowing up. I'm like, hello? This is the <laughs> best like, part. Hey, your order from Hardee's is down. I'm like, what? Sweet. <laughs> this is the best I'll be part. Downstairs right away. This is the best part about it. I tell people all the time, my ADHD gets the, the best of me all the time. Uh, this has gone off the rails. Just like every conversation yeah. we've had yeah. down here at the yeah. legislative conference. <laughs> It's amazing we get work done around here, is I mean, what I told people. Right. Amazing. The thing is, it's, it, we're all the same animals. Yes. So it's, yeah. at least there's that. You, you let us out of the cage. There's, That's right. what I said. You right. let us out of the cage. Yeah. Right. You put us in public and... This is ideal. I, I, yeah, blame them. <laughs> ironically... <laughs> blame them and steal everything. There you go. Ironically, there's not a lot of guys high-roading us, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to fucking, you know... It's there's really plenty of guys walking by the podcast, uh, ba- you know, the podcast booth here, giving us, like, the wink and the nod. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. 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 Where's that Hardy's? Oh my God! This, well, I gotta say, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Um, oh, it was awesome. I do. I appreciate it. Uh, I I'm not good at these things. I, I told everyone I'm not good at them. This is not my. Well, uh, you are, and you just say that. I say it so. <laughs> it's like a leave. Yeah. So, so the bar is so low. It is. It, well, when they brought me on with Jerry that one time. You know, Jerry had no idea I was, I was oh, yeah. there. It was hilarious. I literally stood behind that door for 45 minutes in a non-ventilated hallway, sweating <laughs> profusely, waiting to go in. Our, our, our guy Vince talks, still talks about it, like, oh, every God. day. He's like, it was the greatest thing <laughs> ever. They were, they were actually getting mad at me yesterday when I went on stage yesterday here, and they go, no woos? I go, you can't woo every time. You go, somebody got to make it special, man. You can't be just wooing everywhere. I was like, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to wait for someone to do it in the crowd next time. Then I'll do it back. That's well, how it goes. I was stuck out here, Mike. 
What's that? I was stuck out here. Otherwise I saw you. you. It. I've been staring across the, the hallway right here <laughs> all week long. Str- strangers in the night yeah. passing by. Him every so- by himself this morning. <laughs> just a lot of regret from last night. This was the longest half hour that you had to wait. Everyone. Is- he was sitting there just staring. And he's just looking down and staring. We started playing all by myself on my phone over there across the hallway. I, cri- I cried. I cried. Oh. It was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment. <laughs> Well, Mike, uh, we're not going to take up any yeah. more of your time. We appreciate you. Yeah, my time is precious. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, got a lot going on. <laughs> oh, good. I got this thing yeah, I got to do over here. We got some lunch there's, to there's order. There's a couple other people we want to talk to. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. Now that makes sense. All right. Now that's adding up. That's fine. Yeah. Steve, I'll see you guys right, later. Mike, take Thank care. you. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Corey. I'll see you guys later. Ciao, ciao. generally get assigned to uh, uh, the races, uh, the, the AFFI specifically uh, has targeted races going into every <clears throat> every election cycle, and uh, we get assigned to a, uh, a particular um, like aspect can- of that. A candidate, and we're their guy. You right. Know? So, um, you know, this, this last time I was uh, associated with uh, Dan Agosti, he was running a pretty tight race. He had a, uh, about an 88% uh, voting record with the AFFI at that time. He's considered, wow. he's considered a friend of ours. Uh, he actually has uh, two brothers who are uh, AFFI members in Lincolnshire. And um, so I was assigned to his race. And uh, we were out there working for him. And, and Dan had really never seen the AFFI in action. He was, uh, you know, uh, he was a first-time legislator. And this was his first uh, first time running again, and he couldn't believe how we come out and we support those who support us. And I was like, you know, you know, we take care of our friends. We're out there. We're working. Um, even if it's just dropping signs, knocking on doors, um, putting together a little fundraiser. But it goes a long way. And uh, now, uh, Dan actually sponsored one of the uh, pension uh, bills. In the house right now and he got a lot of members of his caucus 
on his side, which is sometimes difficult to do on certain sides of the aisle. And um, uh, it, but it's those types of relationships that we build, and we can work with those guys. Um, and you know, they understand our loyalty to them and our willingness to get out there and work and, and, and hit the ground um, for them. And, uh, and they remember come legislation time. Yeah, yeah, Chris Welch. He, um, I mean, he he just spoke. Um, pretty brief speech, but I mean, pretty, I mean, it, it was, it was awesome. And like, we were, we were kind of talking about like your guys' relationship and coming through from like our area, the Biden area. And, um, it's, I mean, what kind of, what kind of involvement did AFFI and, and firefighters have with him as he was coming on? Uh, you know what, uh, Chris got, Chris got his, uh, his start with uh, District 209, which is my area of proviso, uh, proviso politics, and uh, proviso politics have uh, deep roots here in Springfield, um, and uh, that's where Chris came up, and then uh, he, you know, he got on in uh, the 7th District as our, uh, as my state rep, and uh, then, you know, just opportunity, opportunity, he's a, he's, he's a smart, sharp guy, and, and he. He's definitely earning of, of this position now as a speaker, and it's an honor to call him my friend. <clears throat> I've known him for a long time. Um, you know, it's uh, he could be more supportive of us. No, absolutely. He always has been, and uh, you know, just to give you an example uh, of the the type of guy that Chris is. Um, back in the when Quinn was uh, the governor, there was uh, the minimum Manning bill was going around. And the minimum, the minimum Manning bill was probably one of the, if you talk to, to Chuck and, and these guys, it's probably one of the most difficult um, pieces of legislation to pass in recent years. Um, you know, making minimum Manning a mandatory uh, subject of collective bargaining is a big deal. And it, with all the pension stuff going on, with uh, all the labor rifts in the past, uh, trying to get something passed that would make that mandatory was very difficult. And all of the local mayors were calling Chris and being like, hell no, hell no, you can't make, you know, you can't do that, you can't do that. And um, and I called Chris and I'm like, he's like, Nick, my mayors are beating me up on this one. He's like, they are all over it. I, I can't have, I don't have one of my mayors saying that they support this. I'm like, this is my favorite. Like I'm, I'm, I'm calling it in, man. And I, you know, and, and like you said, he, they listen to our talking points, and if they make sense, um, they understand that you know we're we're out there, we're, we're hard workers, and all we want is you know a livable wage, um, good working conditions, because we're willing to do um, you know to to work our asses off for these communities and put it all on the line, and uh, all we want is just. You know, it's good working conditions and a livable wage. And um, and Chris was like, I got you. And it, it passed by only a few votes. I, I mean, was it, was, say it was really it, tight. It was really a close vote. And I mean, every single one of those votes counted. Uh, LaShawn Ford, another friend of mine, I called him up. And I'm like, LaShawn, like, this, this, again, this is the one, man. Right. I'm, I'm cashing them all in right now. These are my favorites. And um, 
and uh, you know, and I, I think it only it only passed by you know I could probably count on one hand how many votes it, that that passed by. But that was a, a huge piece of legislation, and uh, and it was pretty cool. I was at the bill signing uh, when Governor Quinn signed it downtown, and uh, it, it was it was a cool part of history to be. To yeah, be a part Quinn of. gave you a high five afterwards, right? Is that high five. I got a pen. I yeah. did get a pen. <laughs> I did, did get um, a pen. How did so you being? I mean. Franco Park, where you're from, um, or where your lieutenant at, uh, I would say in our area, if not the most, uh, the strongest union in our area, I would say definitely one of the strongest unions in our area. Um, how did you kind of get involved with with unionism as you were coming up through the ranks? Uh, you know what? When I when I got hired, there was a, <clears throat> there was a handful of us. We all got hired at the same time, and uh, you know, one of the first. I think it was probably, if not the first or second day on the job, um, we got pulled downstairs and the entire day was spent on the history of the department and the union. Um, and with the promotional bill, Al Franklin Park was instrumental in the promotional bill. I mean, we got pictures hanging up in our firehouse of when uh, our guys were on strike back in the day and their kids who were on the job then uh, by us. Uh, we're holding the little strike signs like, you know, my, my daddy wants a fair wage and stuff. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's just cool, cool stuff. Uh, we're one of the oldest locals in our area. Um, and it's just, um, you know, there is, there's a lot of uh, internal peer pressure to stay involved with these things, which is important though. You know, you, you see some of these larger locals and they can't get anybody to participate in anything. And, you know, our guys are real good about, you know, especially like with this political stuff, it's, it's hard to it's hard to get guys to come out to all these things. And, you know, like with this last race I was involved in, I ended up bringing like eight of my guys from, you know, out to this area. And because it's, it's hard to get some of these other locals involved. But, you know, our guys are, are a little more old school. They're used to knocking on doors. They're used to, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're used to the... Uh, um, grind of, of the politics so um, uh, you know we've kind of kept that tradition alive by us and uh, it, it, it pays dividends I mean as you see down here in Springfield then guys know who you know the legislators know who the Franklin Park guys are and stuff like that we've got close personal relationships with them yeah I was gonna nice. say it's cool to see it come, come full circle um, did you uh, what was what would you say to someone who to a fireman who's like hey you know what like I'm just not that big into politics. Like, what, what kind of, what kind of would, would you say to that? You know what? We have a government job, and uh, if you're if you're concerned about your benefits, if you're concerned about your well-being, if you're concerned about your family, um, it, it's you know, all those things are carved out by the politicians, um, and it's important to have a good relationship. You know, in Franklin Park, we had always like. Even in, in good years and bad years with the administration, the union would still always buy a table. Like we need to be to show our presence. Uh, we need to be we need to be there. And um, uh, but again, like if they know that you're going to be out there, they'd rather you be out there for them. Right. So it, it's just so important to always be out there, be vocal. Um, and, and be seen because again they're gonna uh, they I mean, we need to see at the table because Absolutely. if not someone else is gonna gonna take that spot yeah. if um what uh, I mean there was you guys had a lot of trials and tribulations especially in the last you know 10 15 20 years I'd say with um, 
uh, got rid of a contract. Uh, all of a sudden, guys who were older, um, guys who had some, some pretty good time on the job, were um, all of a sudden uh, put in a position where you guys maybe had to make an aggressive move to, to push your union forward. you care to talk about any of that? Or? Yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we got rid of PSI. That was huge. <clears throat> we sacrificed a lot. I mean, when I got on, there was 19 guys on a day. Uh, we got 11. And uh, we had three stations. We had three engines. We had the truck. We had the two ambulances and the command car. And now we're running, you know, a truck, an engine, maybe a second engine, two ambulances in the car. It's, it's different, it's different, but the, the, you know, we're 100% union firehouse. All of our guys are, um, um, are, all the work is our work. Um, it was rough in the beginning um, for a lot of those guys that went to school, and you know, kudos to them. Guys donating time, or donating time, I guess we're donating pay. Yeah, basically we all, um, there were sign-up sheets and everybody signed up for day or days. A lot of people signed up for multiple days um, so these guys could go to paramedic school because we put our own guys through paramedic school. The city didn't pay for that. Um, and it was uh, it was on a volunteer basis at the time, but all the bottom six guys, I think it was six guys, um, they were, there was, you know, some question about whether or not their jobs would be jumping. They all went, um, and uh, and it was tough. I mean, some of these guys were 40-year-old men who hadn't been to school in 22 years. Kids, and they're like, yeah. yeah, they've got families, they've got a lot of uh, a lot of things, and now, um, you know, they're going, they're going back to school. Um, school you know, full-time, working full-time. Yeah. I mean, these guys were like, you know, what the hell is a PowerPoint? You know, where's right. the, uh, where's the, where, Last time they were using chalkboards, and now, uh, you know, so uh, it was a it was a difficult time, and it was a stressful time. But now you would never know because uh, you know everybody getting on the job now is a paramedic, um, and uh, you know, but that's one of the great things about our local is just that you know our guys come together with that kind of stuff. We've had guys in the past with uh, sick family members, and it's just like your thing take care of your family we've already covered your shift for the next two months you know like we just we've kept that kind of thing going yeah we, we've been taking care of that kind of stuff for a long time um and not a lot of places see that anymore so uh you know that that's one of the great things about being in one of these older uh, older departments older locals but still some of those those uh, um you know family traditions yeah that's awesome what uh what would you say is like the quality of uh the quality of the uh, of the ambulance now relative to like the contract employee that was there a, a thousand times better yeah. yeah i mean you know we had like the running joke where like we we gave all of our our medics um nicknames yeah. it was like if, if if i actually ever learn your name it's not a good thing. that's not a good thing yeah. because and it was i mean it was literally a revolving door and i think ours was one of the lowest paid contracts so it was just a revolving door, and there was there was no consistency. Um, and, and it's hard for those people, for them to have a vested interest in yeah. the community that they work in, when they're there for two, three, four months, move on to the next place, or have no professional qualifications. And like, you know, again, like when we when we're going through our training, when we're going through uh, when we're going through our certificate, like we're we're all working towards the same goal. We all have a standard. It's just difficult to kind of like keep track of like those guys that are like coming around like 
oh, I've got the same certification that you guys did, but I did it at the University of Phoenix relative to like us kind of having the standard of like, we like to go through this program, we like the quality product that comes out, and so on and so forth. So you're welcome to answer your question. Um, so Nick, Nick, you are a very busy guy outside of being involved in the union, outside of the firehouse, uh, you also hold a local trustee position, correct? Correct. In, in uh, Westchester. I just got elected to my fourth term there as a first trustee. So, I know a, a lot of what uh, we've had Chuck on Chicago's Bravest podcast, and the AFI now has their own podcast, and he likes to talk about guys getting involved, you know, outside of the union, outside of the, um, the firehouse, and, and even as small as like being on a school board to running for state rep and, and all the way in between. Do you also share that sentiment as being important? It, it gives you uh, a view of the other side. You know, there's you get far more perspective. Um, you know, sometimes guys just think with labor you just bang your fist and that's the only way to get things. And, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat and, you know, one of the things that I've learned is just how to follow the money, how to be um, uh, creative with the money, and you know, offer solutions. And that's one of the things that I think I've, I've one of the best takeaways is that I know what I know a lot of the solutions. So it's like you can't just go and ask, ask, ask. That's never going to get you anywhere. I want to raise. Yeah, I want to raise, and this is what. And you know, you've got to sell it. You've got to be able to show, uh, show why and comparables. And you know, they may say that they're deficient here, but you could show them. Well, yeah, but there's also this here, and things aren't as bad as you're saying here. And it just gives you um, because in municipal government, there's a lot of um, there's money's in a lot of places, and you could be very creative uh, with funding mechanisms, and again, it's coming from a lot of places too, right? Yeah, and, I mean, even just so, like in Westchester, one of the things we just you know looked at the GMET for the um, for the ambulance billing, and we're hoping that with the increase by just staying on top of that with the uh, federal reimbursement, that we're hoping to be able to hire three guys. I mean, that's huge. So Absolutely. you know, and it's just, but you just have to be creative about that stuff, and. Um, you know, you could sit there and just be like, oh, we need guys, we need guys, we need guys. Okay, well, everybody does, but they're also, we also need the money to produce that. And if there's, you figure out the way to find the money and you can make these things happen. Not everything has to be a fight, you know? Um, and it, it's just easier to develop these partnerships and to uh, educate yourself on the process. And that's why even like giving guys responsibilities at the firehouse where they have like their own budget. You know, just giving them those types of things, they understand a little bit more of the budgeting process because then at a municipal level, it's that times a thousand. And, um, you know, everybody just thinks we could just ask, ask, or demand, and we can get, and, you know, it's it's not always like that. And like you were saying earlier, too, like offering solutions instead of yeah. just kind of banging your fist. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, too, is like, you know, you're a fireman, you know, tools and the things that are necessary to get the job done and your family lives in that town and you want to be able to support that fire department to give them the capabilities to perform their job in the best ways that they can 
because you're that that's your family, that's your neighbors, that's, you know their lives, and to have a an ally uh, in, in that position uh, is is tremendous. I know uh, where I come from in local two, we have three aldermen that are local two guys. You know, the Palatano, Gardner, and Spazzato, and they're always fighting for us because they know they 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 were one of us. You know, and they still are. Yeah, and that's at the at the board level. They always, whenever there's an issue with anything with the fire department, they always like look to me, and be like, eh, hey, you know, yay, nay, and I'm like, no, absolutely, 100. percent Like, do we really need this ambulance? Yeah, we really need this ambulance. Okay, you know, and and this is why. But it's not just, hey, we need an ambulance. You know, it's like I can articulate as to the, the why and and, and uh, any questions that they have can get answered. So these guys always have an advocate. Like they may think it. Hey, this, it may be easy getting things, but it's like, well, no, it's getting vetted and it's getting, you know, um, you got people working for you right. that make these things, some of these things come, come yeah, to fruition. Unfortunately, you guys, you and the, you know, and the alderman, like, you guys are probably also in the same position where every crackpot fireman idea gets filtered through you guys too. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, when one of yeah. these guys are called the pot time and say like, hey, like, listen, um, I got a cousin who makes these bikes. Uh, can we start using these at the, uh, you know? Uh, but yeah, no, again, like kind of kind of balancing that. That's a, that's a great way to, that was one of the, one of the main reasons we want to talk a lot of it. it's a, it's a It's a hard line to tell, I think, like just kind of managing both sides of things. Um, well, we were on orders from Luke today. Come yeah. down and talk. Otherwise, I would Yeah, yeah Corey definitely would not. <laughs> Corey talks to me too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Nick, we don't want to hold you up. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, Thank you're you so much for coming on. Are you having lunch with the governor or something like that? Or? No, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Uncle, Uncle Joe Biden's hanging on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I told JB I was tied up with you guys. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks for making time for us. Yeah. And thanks for sitting down and talking with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, All right. All right, so I had to shoo Mike Loretto away from the podcast table. You guys are starting to get on your roll. Well, it happens sometimes. Uh, there was an open invite for wrestling pay-per-views, so, you know. So guy. moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're, we're lucky enough to be sitting here with Caitlin. Um, Caitlin, we're, you're from the 100 Club of Illinois. Um, can you, for people that have never heard of them or... Or, um, yeah, people have never heard of them. Could you kind of tell us what the 100 Club is? Of course. So the 100 Club is a statewide nonprofit that supports families who have lost a loved one in the line of duty. So police, fire, EMS. Um, for the past 55 years, we've been in Cook County, and we expanded this march to the entire state. So now we cover all 77,000 first responders in the state of Illinois. Wow. Um, that benefit looks, it's a monetary benefit. There's counseling, there's higher education benefits um, for all of those first responder families. And then we branched into helping active duty first responders as well with a wellness first program. Um, so we've got some wellness trainings and some funds for emergency uh, need for officers or firefighters injured in the line of duty. That's incredible. I, d I didn't know you guys. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess police are definitely involved. When you um, when you guys <laughs> are going, uh, what what have you guys? Um, is there anything recently that you guys can tell us about that uh, any case that you guys have had where um, I guess success stories? Or? 
Sure. Um, I can give you a, an update on where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, we did make the determination to cover all COVID line of duty deaths wow. as well. So our oh, thank you guys. Our, our pipeline works when a, when a chief or a command lets us know that there's a line of duty. That's when we act. Um, so if the department declared it a line of duty, we would show up. So since last April, um, we've covered 19 line of duty deaths. Oh, my God. Um, it, is that from COVID or just uh, just line There were 11 from COVID. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, and eight more. Oh, it's terrible. What, um, and how, how would someone get a hold of you guys specifically? They were, if they were looking to, to get more information or, or um, yeah, to kind of spread the word on what you guys are doing. You can go to our website. We're, we are on all the social channels, and I do have an employee who loves all of them, so we're even on the TikTok, but <laughs> please don't go there. On the TikTok. I'm not on the TikTok, um, which is a, a point of contention in my office, but uh, you can go to www.100club.il.org. So oh, awesome. It's super easy. Um, we got Steve. we got Joey Matthews back here sitting with us, and this is an organization that's kind of near and dear to your heart, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, and that's why I uh, looked over at Kayla. I was like, "Hey, we gotta go talk to these guys." <laughs> so, um, I know I, I I said it quickly yesterday uh, when I was talking to you, but yeah, my dad was killed when I was four. He was a cop, uh, got beat to death right down the street from our house, breaking up a party. Um, the morning after he was killed, Ralph Shoy, the old CEO of the Hunter Club was at my, my house, you know. Um, oh my God. They took care of my family from, I was four years old until I went to college. I flunked out of college. Uh, they said, hey, you're, uh, you're not getting any help from us until you can get your <laughs> shit together. I joined the Marines, came back from the Marines, went back to college, then I was like, hey guys, you know, I." They, they said I could, you know, use, now, the, use the club again, but I was yeah. like, hey, save the money for someone who needs it. I got the GI Bill and IVG now, you know. But, no, literally, like, my entire life, like, all the milestones, Ralph was always there. He was at my house. Wow. He was at my graduations, eighth grade, high school, you know. Uh, Jesus, I think I think he uh, called me when I graduated college in 2010. He passed away uh, seven years ago now, but easily one of the most amazing human beings I ever met in my life. Uh, and it was, it was Ralph or his dad that actually found his it. dad, his dad. Yeah. So Ralph senior. Yeah. So yeah. we've been around for, it's 55 years this I year. Just gonna say, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. In, in the unfortunate event that somebody does, uh, pass away in the line of duty, the hunter club becomes part of that individual's family. Oh, very much. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I could see that talking to you, Ralph was a member of your family. A thousand percent. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's like another grandpa, you know, because he was older. I was, I'm four years old, and he's, you know, this this guy that shows up, and my mom's crying because the assistance that you receive is, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a little overwhelming, right? Because the first thing she's thinking about is, you know, my husband's gone too. What the? She's not working. My parents were young. My 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 dad was killed. He was 26 years old. My mom was 23 years old. She was a high school dropout, you know. She had no college education. They put her through college. She became a nurse and took care of, I mean, it, none of it's possible without the Hunter Club. I, we're back to living at the Harbor Point Estates in Hagwish if it's not for the Hunter Club, so. Where do you guys get all your funding from? 
We're about a third um, of each, so we do apply for grants, uh, not federal grants, because I don't like dipping in that pool. Uh, <laughs> they're awful. Uh, so it, it, it's private, corporate grants, um, individual donors, and then we are a membership-based organization. So anyone can become a member of the Hunter Club of Illinois. Uh, your membership gets you a membership card, a decal, but it's a yearly donation, um, and it's a way to keep those programs going. So the programming is is first response aid, which is that immediate monetary assistance, and then education. Um, we have 32 kids in college right now, all the way from trade school up to law school. And then on top of that, um, you know, the... the the wellness trainings that we're now doing. Too. So if I want to become a member, just go to the website? Just go to the website. Very yep. good, very good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't get better than that and, and the and the success. I mean, moderate success story. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it still turned into a firefighter. I aimed high, but... I have know. a degree. <laughs> it's not nothing. It's it not holds nothing. up a wall. <laughs> There's about 30. Uh, we call you a legacy. There's about 30 legacies. So kids who have gone wow. back into... Um, whether they flipped, your dad right. was pleased, you went fire, yeah, yeah. Um, or or they've stayed in the same line. But there's there's about thirty of them active right now in public wow. service. Yep. Caitlin, how did you get involved with the Hunter yeah. Club? I've been with the club for eight years. Um, I came from a higher education background, so I came to help run our university partners program and our education piece. Um, and I also am married to the, on the police side. I should whisper that. <laughs> uh. Dirty word. <laughs> uh, I, I'm married into the, into the big, crazy family as well. Um, so yeah. my dad's a vet. It's just part of how I grew up. My wife had no idea what she was getting into. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we offer trauma family. resources for, uh, for families for spouses, as well. Uh, yeah, for yeah. spouses, for active duty. That's uh, really we're who doing we should that, be sending yeah. this to. You know, yeah. Steve's yeah. family. Don't, don't talk to them. Do you yeah. send them my information? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I run my, private things. My wife's yeah. a counselor, too. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, this is not normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I have no point of reference. But there's no point of reference, nowhere to what, what kind of support do you guys get from AFFI? Uh, you know, the, the ability to talk to people, the ability, I'm going to speak today. Um, so the support we get is, is you guys showing up and pushing those resources out to your active duty and also to the families. Um, one thing I always like to tell people is, you know, after a line of duty, and you can speak to this, that's your family still. CPD was your family. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you've got to still look at these people as part of your family. And that's one thing that the fireside does really, really well is to keep our families in the loop and, and you know, come to things and, and feel like they're part of, of the fire life, too. I mean, once you're part of that family, as big and messed up as it is in the first responder <laughs> side, either side, yeah. um, you know, it, it's awful to be removed from it. So. What do you need from everyday dues-paying union members? What would you say is the number one thing that you guys need uh, from us? Use the resources. Um, you know, we're putting out those trainings and we're, we're getting more, more speakers and more things lined up for you guys to, to be part of. Uh, but we also do specific things for active duty. So like we'll throw a bonfire just for active duty uh, police officers and firefighters to come to and bring your families where we don't allow the general public to go because I, you're like my husband. He's like, no, we don't talk to the general public. Yeah, <laughs> no. We can go through things We're together. normal. <laughs> right. Together. So, um, you know, we do things like that. And, and 
you know, what else you can do is, is keep those families in your mind and in your memory. Uh, yesterday, we were at um, CFD headquarters. Um, we were honoring Robert Trevelyan, who was oh, yeah. one of our COVID line of duties. Um, so, you know, it's, it's always good to see active members come out and still honor and pay your respects and, and be there for the family. It's huge for the kids to know that their, their loved one that they lost is not forgotten. My dad got a street sign 30 years after he got killed put up in Hegwish, you know. So I know the memory is going to live on forever. And without organizations like yours, that, that doesn't exist, yeah. you know. And without support of, of his peers, you know, all the cops that he was, he was buddies with on the job that still talk to my family, you know. It's huge. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Well, we appreciate you coming to talk to us. Um, we appreciate everything that you and your organization does. Thank you. Uh, obviously, you know, Joey does. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, and, and uh, you know, uh, it, anytime we can roll out the red carpet for you all, you just let us know. Okay? Yeah. No, thank you. And thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to talk about it. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. Enjoy the rest of the conference. <laughs> all right. Hello, everybody. Uh, we are uh, here at the uh, end of the 2021 Fran Gambro Legislative Conference for the Associated Firefighters of Illinois, Jerry Marzullo, along with my super amazing, long-suffering co-host, Luke slash Timothy, that puts up with me all the time. And we are back again. We're able to wrangle Luke and Chuck from running around uh, dealing with legislative issues um, to uh, wrap up the, uh, the, the conference. Hello, fellas. What's up, Jerry? All right, Jerry. You're still here, huh? I am still here. Uh, if you guys notice, uh, if you remember, I think uh, some time ago I said that I hope I don't get kidnapped by space aliens. I did get kidnapped by space aliens. I actually brought it up to the membership, and um, there is a legitimate concern with extraterrestrial beings kidnapping firefighters out of the Celtic mists around 2 o'clock in the morning. That shit happens, and it needs to be addressed. Is that, like, called Jack Daniels or something? <laughs> I think. That, is that the alien's name? Or I think the AFFI should run a bill that makes it illegal for extraterrestrial beings Prohibits. to kidnap us. Prohibited. Prohibited. Yes. Because, you will look, Chuck, if you can't protect me from being kidnapped by space aliens, how the fuck, how do I know that you are protecting me down here in the Capitol? You can't. How do I know that you're you protecting can't. my rights? You can't. You can't even stop me from being kidnapped by extraterrestrial beings. Right. I would like to say that I did not throw up on stage, so that's good. Congrats. Uh, it was a 50-50 for a while there, and uh, there's a lot of locals I'd like to blame. Uh, but we had a great lineup of speakers. I was very humbled, and I, in all seriousness, I always am that I just point of personal privilege or whatever it's called. Uh, AFFI has always been kind enough to uh, invite me to speak, and it's really an honor to do so and to help our members and answer questions. It's awesome. And we had a bunch of other speakers. Who else did we have? Yeah, we actually had to close out the conference with Margaret Angelucci because you weren't that great. <laughs> so we, <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. We, yes. we, we, had to, we, had to, we had to correct your wrongs That's up there correct. on the stage. You had to, write so. through, you had to, bring, a, you had to bring a presence of, of reason and lucidity to the table. And so there you go. Absolutely. She was wonderful as always. No, we had a, we had a great few days. Um, again, like we said uh, at the beginning, we had a bunch of legislators come by, uh, Speaker of the House, all that. And we covered all our legislation that's moving in the Capitol right now, nine bills, I believe, that Correct. are kind of viable yeah. still. And uh, we covered all that. Uh, we had the 100 Club, formerly of Chicago, now they cover the whole state of Illinois. 
we had Miranda from the Center of Excellence here uh, talking with us, MDA. MDA as well. Yeah, NAP Services. Uh, Mark Treglio used to be with the IFF. He's now working with that company to support communication outreach for uh, union locals. Mm -hmm. Also sponsored our event, was here, uh, gave our members education on those programs. You guys, well, you had um, representatives of, of IFPIF, the Consolidated Fund. They Correct. They were here. Yep, yeah. Bunch of state reps and state senators, like you said, Speaker yep. of the House. Bob These, Bruno. Bob Bruno. Yeah, Bob Bruno was really good, man. That was very impressive, and yeah. I liked it. And I almost was thinking to myself, God, I'd love to, like, hire him for a night to come to one of my union meetings because I'd love to have a bunch of 20-year-olds. Tri-state. Yeah. Had Did him. they do that? Yeah, yeah. tri-state local. Just Sammy, oh, my God, yeah. that's Chief, awesome. Chief Sammy. Yeah, and he goes, he goes around to like local 150 operating engineers all the other trades I'm gonna reach out and to does him. that so you could you could get them out to a local yes. meeting uh it's and it's a great idea because he really gives the history of the labor movement and then even at this conference he kind of covered the, the the cross section of labor and politics yes and why as a union we need to be involved in politics hence sorry yeah. hence this conference we're at like that's yeah. this is what we do to support our families and our brothers and sisters across the state and, and, and how important that is. And he did a great job covering Well, we've that. always said that the politics of what we do gets the state reps and state senators uh, in the room so that you guys can go pass legislation that we discussed at the Ledge Conference today. Right. So uh, for, for, for anybody who didn't attend, um, you know, it, the AFFI is, I think, the best in the business of running all these bills. And wait, Margaret just walked by. I was going to ask her for an autograph. Um, so, it, you know, obviously you guys are very good at running these bills, but for people that didn't attend, the top two, three that we're really looking at this session, obviously sometimes it takes years to get legislation passed, guys. It's not like you can just, you know, wave the magic wand and it gets signed into law. But, you know, top two, three that we discussed, I mean, certainly one is the House Bill 220 with the multi-company, you know, the battalion Right, bill. yeah, so House Bill 220 would actually, for all intents and purposes, expand collective bargaining rights for... Right. Um, a lot of us call them battalion chiefs, shift commanders. I've been calling it the colonel bill because it, you could be a colonel Correct. regardless. Um, that bill has moved from the House committee, House floor with 93 yes votes to the Senate where it got kind of bottled up and the fire chiefs and the municipal league are opponents to the bill. Okay, no um, surprise. No, and they've been providing a lot of misinformation, um, but if you go on our website, can anybody that's a member I'm asking Luke here. If yeah, they, they, wanna, they can no, look at so all our, our legislative fact issues. Sheets. Is password protected under that? But they'll be able to access it. You know, they can talk to their members that were here, and they'll be plus able to every get that. local that was here, all the e-board members, everybody's up on this one. It is an extremely important bill. Sure, yeah, and not to get into the weeds, but there's a, uh, you know, there's three different tests to determine whether or not you're considered a supervisor or a public employee for the have the ability to belong to a bargaining unit. Right. Um, you know the. the First test is uh, a supervisor test with 11 factors. Correct. The second part, just for the fire service, the fire chief can just uh, you know, arbitrarily make a rank right below him, and he's automatically excluded Correct. from bargaining. And the third one is the definition of the highest company officer. Correct. And there's been you know a couple of what we would call bad decisions, uh, and we're trying to rectify that through legislation. And again, I just want to be clear that if and when this bill passes and Governor Pritzker signs it, all battalion chiefs are not automatically included. Still got to go to the labor board process. Right. Yeah, it's still the same same process. And that the fire chiefs are trying to provide some misinformation to the legislators saying, you know, oh, God, the, you know, the sky's falling. These guys are all going to be union, um, which is just not the case. Correct. So, 
we're hoping that that will be in committee next week and then go to the full Senate floor uh, before May Sometime 31st at midnight. So, yeah, before May 31st at midnight. Right, right. So the next, just, just again, just the next one or two that people who did not attend uh, should be aware of and what we've been working on. Um, probably the placebo health insurance is one Correct. where um, we've had, uh, you know, some pockets of communities where Jerry Marzullo is catastrophically injured. Uh, the way the law is written today, that he would, he and his family would be provided uh, health insurance for the rest of their his life, and if he passes away, you sorry, Jerry, you're going to pass away at yeah, some point for sure. I think I I, I uh, believe I'm maybe a clone. Not. What, I think well, I'm, what are the aliens do? Yeah, I think you, I, might, I, you might be able to live longer well, now, guys. I didn't want to talk about it, but I was probed. <laughs> and uh, it's just not something I'm comfortable talking we, about. We just lost all our listeners, but I Jerry. Was, I right. was pro. Right. The podcast and, uh, is now over with. Yeah, thanks, Luke, for bringing that up. It was a painful moment, and thanks, but uh, no but, pun so, intended. Yeah, so this bill would um, allow, when, when Jerry is catastrophically injured, placebo, the health insurance plan that is currently in, the, in your contract, or a, the plan that is currently being provided by the city, is the same plan that you... When you're an active proceed. member. Right. Yes. So there are some communities, fire districts, that are saying, okay, they'll just make up a plan. Here's a major medical plan. You mean the, the $15,000 high deductible, $20 million a year copay, and your insurance costs $5,000 a vial health insurance plan? Yes, that That's one. the health and plan yes. that we're trying to stop. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And Ledgerap Maher has been working that bill. We each kind of divided up the bills, and, and Jeff's been phenomenal working with CMS at the state level, uh, as well as ASME, who has corrections officers. Sure trying to uh to make everybody happy which isn't always possible which isn't always possible um, well you try and yeah. then well it's like it's, those are those are the those two are big ones two big ones i'm trying to think um, i mean they're, they're all important sure but i think that those are the two where you've really focused your efforts this session right um the tier two reciprocity we already believe it's it already law, exists but, but you're trying to codify tier two reciprocity. sure it's crystal clear yes um that tier two does have the same benefit as tier one as far as being so, yeah, Jerry starts I leave in Berwyn. Yeah. Fire, I come to Berwyn Fire. There's reciprocity if I'm tier two, Correct. exactly. Correct. Yeah. So those are three of the nine. Are, yeah. are the big, are the big mm -hmm. issues. Anything else? Any other? Those were those were the, the big other of the, out of the nine issues. Yeah, I, I'd say so. And yeah. and again, we were able to give our members some great education on it. And I know they've been engaging their legislators over the last few days. Uh, yeah. on just from a show of hands, I think again, Luke mentioned that we had about 300 members, and I would say. A quarter of them. This is their first AFFI legislative conference. Oh, that's which cool. Is, which is so. There's been some turnover. Wow, that yeah. is really cool. Yeah. And by the way, for everybody who's not here, again, not to kind of beat the proverbial dead horse, but when you are going out in 20 degree weather door to door to get your legislators elected because your local has asked you to do this, that is in turn gets this this man or woman elected and brings them to Springfield, where the best in the business legislative team of the Associated Firefighters of Illinois gets to then fight to have bills passed and a seat at the table for what we democratically want you guys to do at, at convention. It's all connected, right? So you're out on the sidewalk freezing your ass off, you're miserable, and that allows us to come to the legislative conference, meet with these friendly elected individuals, and voice our concerns, right? hit it kind of right perfectly right. can't yeah. tell you yeah. how important it is it's not easy and it kind of sucks but uh you know you know i'm sure people have better things to do with their time or so they think but we have to protect ourselves and this is the way to do it it's a process um i'm trying to think if we, if we, we have a reception or did we already have the reception 
<laughs> I don't know. I was kidnapped by space aliens, so I have absolutely no idea. We have a reception that uh, I, there's 177 legislators, and I would anticipate at least 150 of them coming. We'll, we'll walk through. Sure. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And again, we're the only... We're the first one to be down here, you know, as a group. Are we? This is the first uh, yeah, in person. So this is great because actually this is the first conference we've had in over a year. We had to cancel this last year, yeah. obviously, and uh, really it, it's been great to be back. We've seen everybody down here. Um, those CDC guidelines just relaxed. Uh, I believe over ninety percent of our members that were here were vaccinated, vaccinated. so the mask requirement became lax. It, it, it all evolved. This whole conference has been kind of hectic to put together just because of all the moving parts and, yeah. and especially with the last year but it, you know it, it's gone real well I, I can't be more pleased um i remember a few years ago uh president devaney called me j-lo uh from the wedding planner <laughs> <laughs> but, re- but really it's what it's like you know you're you're planning a le- uh, wedding you're you're setting an agenda you're yeah. coordinating people you're coordinating tables yeah. and well you're all also equally as attractive as her too my butt, my butt looks like yeah, hers. It is. There's no. I've often thought that she's she's available now too. Uh, she is. A Rod. Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to say her. anything, <laughs> but you know, is, she she called. Yeah. She did call me. I, I'd call you too. Yeah. So she, she did call me. She she but, found uh, me attractive. No, I think uh, it went well. Yeah. yeah I, I said awesome. in my opening remarks, and and obviously I'm in charge of the organization. I'm just sitting in the office and I'm on the phone. But um, the amount of work effort energy logistics yeah. scheduling required to pull this off especially during you know trying to follow guidelines well because you're still and, just coming out of covid right, it's not right. it's not like we're, it's not like the well, pandemic's over i mean right. we're still dealing with yeah. this right? our entire executive board and staff had a hand in it led by luke and and i think uh we pulled it off yeah, yeah. I'm nobody's also, been arrested either i'm well i'm mm-hmm. reasonably <laughs> sure that kurt snow didn't eat anyone this time down <laughs> here true. so that is that is that is a good that is always a positive yeah i, I like, think maybe he did i don't know yeah chuck hit it on the head though the the guys we got working with us you know we all come together and make it work and put on a great event um i want to stay oh sorry i'm i'm way off i, I must have got kidnapped you last were night also, um, I saw you but uh up. steve and corey <laughs> can't thank you guys enough they sure. kind of took over for us because we were busy running around uh they did a lot of the interviews over the last couple of days and I, I i i hope everybody listening to this enjoyed it because it, it you know it's a good mix of different topics and yes. i think it's gonna be beneficial for all our members to hear this so um, you're, you're kind of reminded of the advantage of everybody being under one roof when you're able to put it's like oh this is what we've missed for the last year yeah i i can't I can't thank these guys enough for traveling down and doing this. I think it's awesome. And yeah, they, and by, again, we always say it, uh, Fire and Iron Media, Chicago's Bravest uh, Stories, is a fantastic podcast that everybody should listen to. Yeah. Uh, even even one of their past uh, stars on the show, Brian Kalaga, was down here for a legislative conference. I, yes. Although Kalaga, I believe, because he's angelic, he just he just floated down here like the Buddha. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I he, believe that's he, what happened. He is He's a, ethereal. Yeah, he is a physical specimen. He's a presence. Yeah, he is, no doubt about it. Like, if he walked into here right now, you would just feel the aura. You'd be like, <laughs> someone's about to be saved. Did you guys talk to him at all over the last few days? We, we did not talk to him just because, again, on, on our show, everybody talks to him. So, yeah. Like, he, I didn't want to interrupt like, you know, anybody talking. Yeah, he, everybody talks to him, and he's real quick with the ball. Like, yes. He, 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 oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yes. That's a Cicero way, I believe. In typical sister city fashion there. Yeah, so. yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's been fantastic. And, again, I always just say uh, we have plenty of podcasts coming up. We've got a lot of ideas. I think they'll go really well. Um, I've, we have also said this before. Uh, if anybody has any ideas for podcasts, if there's things out there that people want to hear or think would be a great topic or something that's of importance to your members, please contact you know Chuck, Luke, myself. I mean, it, it, we can be found, you know, e- emails, whatever. We're not. It's not hard to be found. And uh, let us know your ideas, and we'll keep recording them. I, I, I bet you have a LinkedIn page, don't you? I have. Uh, I do have a LinkedIn page. I knew it. I do. I have. To, it's a job requirement. Luke, can I get one? I have a Facebook page called Laying Down the oh, Law. That's right. That's right. your. <laughs> Um, so to that end, we did t- at the end of my topic that I was speaking on, we have thousands of downloads it, literally around the world. Remember, I was saying like yeah. Pakistan, South Africa, Mexico, like India, we the Bronx, people are listening, St. Louis. Uh, so Number one listened one. to in Belgium, I believe. We also yeah. have the we have cornered the Belgian market. Hey, even Russia. We have Russia, Mexico. We have people listening from Russia, Mexico, Mexico. Yeah. South Africa. I think was one yeah. of them. Yeah, so. it's been phenomenal. But one of the great things about this past week, actually, here at the Ludge Conference, is how many members came up and, and, and expressed. And it was really cool. Expressed the the uh, gratitude for us doing these podcasts. They love them. Uh, got a lot of great feedback. Obviously, everybody knows me as Timmy now. Correct. Um, so that, that tells you, though, of how much, you know, they listen. They, and, it, uh, it has I been unbelievable. IFF, the Wheeling local, was in the Celtic Mist before I was kidnapped. And those guys, like, wanted a photo with me. They were just like, oh, I don't know. I was like, don't be that nice to me. Absolutely. Don't get, Don't do that. It's Fantastic. not. But, yeah, they were a good group of guys. And they had clearly been... Um, along the way legislating actively at the Celtic Mist when I ran into them. It was pretty good. Yeah, fantastic. So, all right. Are we missing anything else from the the conference? Please. Just uh, just make sure to subscribe to the AFFI podcast on all the popular podcasting platforms, whichever one you use, so you don't miss a single episode. No. Uh, That Chuck makes us number. Okay. And then uh, we're going to leave a review uh, and... Keep, uh, keep sharing it and uh, letting everybody know we're on Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and a bunch of other places. So. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Steve, I, I think I'm going to boot Jerry and get you on here He's now. He's good. You're much better. He's good. Much <laughs> better. on task. There's no reason to be hurtful. <laughs> Focused. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you let the aliens hurt you, so I'm I'm going to uh, let all the air out of Luke's tires, so that's it for me. I will see you guys later, and uh, we look forward to talking to you guys again. Take care, everybody. Stay safe on the street.